It's time for Twig this week in Google. Stacy's here, Jeff's here, Ant's here. We got a whole bunch of interesting things uh, to talk about, including Stacy's encounter with a fence. <laughs> she says, I uh, blamed it on the Tesla. We'll also talk about Chat GPT and some of the interesting ways it's being used. And of course, the debate over algorithms and Section 230. It's, uh, it's up to the Supreme Court now. All that and more coming up on Twig. Once again, time for the Twit Audience Survey. The annual survey helps us understand you so we can make your listening experience even better. It only takes a couple of minutes, but it sure helps us out a lot. Completely optional, but if you could, please go to twit.tv slash survey 23. That's twit.tv slash survey 23. You have till the end of the month, but if you would do me a favor and do it today, I can stop mentioning it. Twit.tv slash survey23. Thanks in advance. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twig, episode 699, recorded Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Blame it on the Tesla. This Week in Google is brought to you by ACI Learning. If you love IT Pro, you'll love ACI Learning. ACI Learning offers fully customizable training for your team in formats for all types of learners across audit, cybersecurity, and IT. From entry-level training to putting people on the moon, ACI Learning has you covered. Visit acilearning.com to learn more. Thanks for listening to this show as an ad-supported network. We are always looking for new partners with products and services that will benefit our qualified audience. Are you ready to grow your business? Reach out to advertise at twit.tv and launch your campaign now. It's time for Twig This Week in Google, a show we cover the latest news from Google, the Fediverse, the Facebookverse, the Twitterverse. Stacey Higginbotham's here. Stacey on IOT.com, her podcast with Kevin Toffel, the IOT podcast. Hello, Stacey. Hello, everybody. Hello. Are you freezing cold? You've got a giant scarf. I am so cold. I wish I it's... had a giant scarf. I like the look of scarves. I want to you wear scarf. could easily have a scarf. I could, actually. I have plenty at home. I even have scarves, yeah. a few from faded startups. Like I have a chipmunk scarf. Remember chipmunk? Wow. Not chipmunk. Not chipmunk. Hipmunk. This is an infinity scarf. So it's like a. Also known as a circle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Well, it's not a Mobius strip. Let's put it that way. Maybe it is. I don't know. We could turn it into one. Maybe. Just twist it. Mr. Jeff. That's the voice of reason. Jeff. Reason. That's not, you nobody's ever called you the voice of reason, have they? No, no one ever does. No. <laughs> We've called him the voice of moral panic. The voice yes. of passion. No, I'm and the one who calms moral panic. The Leonard Tau Professor for Journalistic Innovation at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism. Craig Newmark. City University of New York. A different we should, choir. We should get a pigeon choir to sing his name. Yes, we should. <laughs> he loves his pigeons. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> And from points west, just slightly, it's Aunt Pruitt. 
<laughs> Actually, points north. He's got his infinity Clemson infinity scarf. Look at yeah, that. Just That's just it. trying to be like, I like Mrs. It. Higginbotham. Yeah, I like it. He will it. never achieve Mrs. Higginbotham's status. <laughs> I know this. I know this. Futile doesn't, effort. Doesn't Mrs. Higginbotham <laughs> sound like a role Robin Williams might have played in a film version of <laughs> Higginbotham's at large? Uh, all right. What is happening? First of all, the Twitter auction's over. Sorry. If you oh, this already it? happened. Are you? Did you get the bird? Did you? Did you do it? Did no, you, somebody did. did. Thirty-one thousand dollars. Thirty-one. Something like that. Jeez, yeah. Uh, wow. It ended uh, just just about two hours ago. So uh, I didn't realize it was still on. I thought it was going to be over at ten a.m. That's what the auction site said. But uh, it uh, it kind of it kind of went on. They auctioned off really a lot of junk for yonk for the most part. Uh, Six hundred pieces of used furniture. A lot of kitchen stuff. How much could Ant have gotten a coffee machine for? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Oh, they had some good coffee yeah. machines. I think they went early. Heritage Global Partners. Oh, wait a minute. It looks like there's still some items available. Oh, only a minute left to get these six Noel Bertoya stools. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of tempted to get this. 24 seconds left. Should I bid? It's $16,000. No. It's a no, conference we'll room. You. You, have one, you have only one ad today. No. It's a, it's a, it's a coin. <laughs> it's a cone of silence that you can have your... But how, look how jammed in this conference room is. I wouldn't want to... No, that's oh, terrible. Yeah. Imagine that given our current COVID and ventilation crisis. But, well, yeah. see, I wouldn't use it for that. I would turn it into a sound studio for just me. Yeah. Wouldn't that or be record cool? record your next audio book. I could put oh, that in the backyard. Ended. That's it. It's oh, over. it's over. Oh, oh but I think it's sold for like more than ten grand. There's still a few things left. They're winding down like now. If you wanted to get most of this stuff, I really wouldn't want a no. multifunction video conference system. It fits right no. under your cabinet. Look how crappy this looks. It's got a, does it come with its own chassis? <laughs> yeah, is chassis not included? <laughs> I don't know. Only nine hundred dollars uh, if you want to buy this. It's kind of crappy wiring. I was very unimpressed by the wiring used at uh, Twitter. It, there is a sadness to this, though. Oh, there is. Here's the here's the little one. This for half the price, I could just get a one man soundproof. That's for with. anybody who's in trouble. They go in there. There were a lot of these. I think well, they, they, they say phone booths. They're cleaning up and bringing really? in new stuff. Hopefully, right? I don't think they're bringing in new stuff. Oh no, they're not bringing new stuff in. No, they're not even bringing in <laughs> toilet paper, and <laughs> I feel like it's kind of um I don't know, it's sad to me. Like when someday we do the same thing for our studios, it'll be kind of wow, the end was of the era. that a monitor arm really yeah. that was on there. 1500 bucks for this human scale M2.1 with M connect monitor arms. You got to be kidding. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, it's 200 of them. Oh, oh my God! It's two hundred in a in a bag. This is wow. the kind of thing that you wow. put on your seawall to keep pigeons from landing. I don't. <laughs> that's ridiculous. You'd have to figure out where. Oh, nicely stored Twitter. Do you think Elon came and just tore them off the wall and threw them in a box and said, "Sell"? No, that. I think one of the people like he who he someone. fired was probably the in yeah, charge exactly. of that. Exactly. Oh my you. goodness! Boom! Oh, sorry. You can say that. Oh, that's terrible. Nope. In this Soon case, YouTube will let you do that. It's going to be okay. 
Yes, yeah, YouTube was for some reason demonetizing people who swore in the first 15 seconds. It's okay. We're already more than 15 seconds in, so. I didn't mean to. You can beat me out. No, I'm so sorry. We'll bleep you. We always bleep because we want it to be family friendly. A lot of those chairs. Some of this stuff, I don't want. Uh, 1300 bucks for a standing desk? No. Jeez. Who's buying these? I guess some repo Well, they're depot. commercial no quality. Yeah. Yeah, Repo Depot is going to sell them in their warehouse. Where's, where's the coffee machine for Amp? It's know. gone. No, no, somebody got it. It's gone. Oh, you can't even see what it went for? No, no. Once it's sold, they're gone. Oh. So they're slowly dwindling away. The dregs. The dregs of Twitter. I, I don't know. It makes me sad. But Twitter seems to be continuing on uh, somewhat. The biggest oh. story this week is that they turned off the third-party APIs, and there are some very upset Software developers, Craig Hockenberry, yeah. who does, uh, was it uh, Twitterific? Yeah, they didn't tell anybody. Yeah, they just turned it off last Thursday. They were just like, didn't he say right. that he was going to open it up? I can't remember. You know, he also said he who was going to quit. He said, I'll have a poll and I'll do what it says. And then he didn't. Yeah, yeah. So who the heck knows? Um, but yeah, the, the guy who uh, does Twitterific was really upset. Uh, well, so so is Paul Haddad, who does tweet bot, the tap bots folks. They're doing Ivory, which is a Mastodon uh, for iOS. For iOS, but uh, the Twitterific fella quit quit in a huff. He was very upset. Um, it's it's kind of tragic. Uh, that's sad. Yeah, no communication still from uh, from. Twitter's non-communications department. They fired everybody over there. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. That feels strategic well, I, I on you. the part of Elon Musk. He hates journalists. I mean, even Tesla for the long. Well, they had a PR person. Actually, it was a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> then. job. Yeah. Then he left. And I don't know if he was replaced. <laughs> so I don't know about your feeds if you're looking at them still. On mine. Uh, I'm mainly on Mastodon, but I still look at Twitter. And um, so now I get tons of Lauren Boebert, whom I do not follow. But the but obviously, because one journalist I know follows them who I follow, then that is their excuse for putting her in my feed like crazy. I've seen a lot of people complain. So they have this new For You tab, which they've eliminated the chronological feed as far as I can tell. Uh, remember, they used to have that little twinkling button and you could choose from chronological or latest tweets now they've got very much like tiktok a for you and a following tab same as same as post uh, uh, uh post has post does that well, my following is in is it chronological chronological so maybe this is it the, is in chronological maybe this is roughly the same feeds as before mm, but i've seen a lot I of people complain that the so. for you tab which is not people you're following it has gone uh completely right wing i haven't had that experience so maybe it oh i have Maybe it's who you're following. I do see Elon. I see less. There. I see less people I care about. Yeah, uh, 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 mine is Same. definitely not chronological. A, B, you're following. So I have my list. I have my yeah, my following. I have my list of book history wonks that I love, and my and my as well as my COVID list. I used to you know spend an hour going through my book history wonks list. Now I think all around, it's, he's showing me a lot fewer tweets. Yeah. Honestly, because uh, they're not that many people who've left. when I go to Twitter, because I don't and I don't do it that often, but I mostly go to see what's going on, not to see who's tweeting, but what's happening at Twitter. I'm mostly surprised at the people who are still here. Like, 
I mean, <laughs> honestly, really? <laughs> I mean, I guess you all, like you Stacey? all, like, like the three of you are still there. So I just, I'm, I'm still there. You know, I, I, I will say this. That. I, I have been, I guess, quiet on it for at least two weeks now. Um, and just been more of a broadcaster, if you will, over there. Because when I open it up, that whole for you stuff or whatever this algorithm um, that's in place now, it's been a little bit more depressing to me. And I just think mm-hmm. I don't have time for it. It's either been more depressing or it's more stuff about celebrities who I could give two craps right. about. I, I, they're not doing anything for me, right. or, nor are they really doing anything for the world. So it's not important to me. And I'm sick of seeing that. So I just sort of been away and i know people have been tweeting me and whatnot and i'm i'm sorry just i i i really don't have a desire to hang out in there right now same even with with mastodon quite frankly because as i scroll through mastodon i'm still putting in filters because it's just so much depressing news and and commentary happening over there for me you gotta you gotta follow some happier people man i know i gotta find some people that are when i when i go on mastodon i'll tell you and you can follow me Perfect. I'm very cheerful. We're waiting Perfect. for you, Stacy. I know. We I'm are waiting busy. for you. You know, I, I nice there. We have uh, some hosts. I try to encourage people, as you know, to move to Mastodon. I don't, but if you don't move, that's fine. Uh, and I have some hosts. I'll do it eventually. Yeah, no, that's fine. I don't. This is the beauty of Mastodon. There's no peer pressure. It's just if you want to, you can. But it's just you know, it's just it's there for right. you. If you want. Amen. It's just right. there. It's just there. I don't. Well, I kind of like that. I don't. Uh, I do too. I want to get I away from there. this whole. I don't know. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's the, you know, we haven't done a lot of Elon stories lately because I'm tired of it and I know you are. Uh, but that that is kind of, it's an interesting choice on his part. I really, I mean, even Jack Dorsey, who did this before, we talked about this before, uh, when uh, TweetDeck was starting to be a threat and he was really worried that y- your buddy, um, Bill Gross. Bill Gross was about to kind of buy up all the third-party apps. He, uh, Jack Dorsey, cut off the third-party API, uh, and he says now it was a, it was a dumb move. It was a mistake, but a mistake that Elon, like all the mistakes that Twitter's ever made, is destined doomed to replay. Make him again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I feel really bad for people like uh, Hockenberry, who does. Uh, I think it's. Twitterific and and Paul Haddad who does Tweetbot and the various folks who have third party apps, all of whom have stopped work ta- stopped working Talon on Android, um, and especially weird because there's no communication. There was no we're going to do this. There's no even we did this. Well, nothing- do you think do you think that it was actually purposeful or something? The broke information the information use it as an excuse. So the information yeah. uh, got a peek at. Internal Slack messages. Obviously, some unhappy Twitter employees uh, sent no, them over. That wouldn't be hard to find. Yeah. And <laughs> the Slack messages were all about, okay, we're going to turn it off. You know, it was it was the smoking gun that they okay. did it. Here's the here's the uh, exclusive from Aaron Wu. Musk's Twitter intentionally suspended Tweetbot third party apps messages show, and they quote uh, a number of. Uh, uh, internal, a senior software engineer in the Slack on Thursday night, quote, third-party app suspensions are intentional. This was in the internal Twitter command center Slack channel used by employees to handle outages and interruptions to Twitter service. So that's to let the other engineers know, no, 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 this isn't a bug. This is intentional. 
A Twitter employee working on product partnerships asked Friday morning when employees could expect a, quote, list of approved talking points for questions from partners related to, quote, third-party clients revoked access. There is no comms department, so nobody to write those talking points. A product manager responding on Slack that morning said the company had, quoted, started to work on comms, end quote, but there's no estimate when it was ready. <laughs> Clearly it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, nobody, none of the developers, as far as I know, have, have received any communications at all. Uh, well, same, same as... You know, I was a paying customer of Twitter with the old Twitter blue. You were just cut off, and right? boom, yeah, yeah, just disappeared. Have they taken well, away your said check? It cut off, so. and it didn't cut no. off. It was still charging me, so I had to manually go in and oh, fix it. That's and, almost worse. Yeah, it, I still it was, have my it, blue I, check. Let me see what the. Well, it doesn't even do anything when I hover over it now. Didn't it used to? No, if you click on it. You, you have to click on it. Yeah, there it is. you click there it. You go. Oh, see, I've gone back and forth between whether I'm notable or it's just we don't know and it's left over. So well, I'm now currently notable. I'm I'm oh, currently notable. You again. are currently notable, but I wasn't oh, for a while. It goes back. I might or may not be. And I, I violated. Yeah, I may or may how, not be. Look how I violated the uh, precepts. I have the link to my Mastodon in my name. Oh, look at that. I only have one tweet which says, "Going forward, reach me at, at twit.social," and it has a link to my twit. So I'm wondering wow. if I'm getting special treatment. You, okay, in my mind, are you, you ready? Trump. Are you ready for? The solipsistic interpretation, the self-centered interpretation. In my mind, Elon feels bad that he called himself Chief Twit, and he's and he's and he doesn't. He's being nice because he doesn't want to. You know, he felt bad about that. He doesn't want you to sue. Talk about self. No, I was about to say, that man doesn't need a lawsuit. He's oh, got he's plenty. got plenty. He doesn't need more. And I don't. I don't think, think he, cares. he worries about lawsuits. No, he doesn't worry about lawsuits. There is the beautiful uh, planter, the at sign planter. Which I, I oh, can't remember, but it went for tens of thousands of dollars. I don't know the exact price, but it went for a lot. Mostly because it's history. Also, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I just, it's kind of sad. I just, is sad. Anyway, it's over now. Are you want to be scared by robots? Yes. This is no. not scared. This is cute. This is cute. Yeah, this is cute. Boston Dynamics. Why, why, Jarvis. It's time. Oh. I mean, let me pause this and explain. It says it's Boston IMX tweets. It's time for Atlas, which is its uh, bipedal robot, to pick up a new set of skills and gets hands on. Do you have my audio? Let me make sure it's on, and we will play. The guy this. just says I forgot my tools. That's all. Okay, so I forgot my tools again. So he's pressing a button on a tablet. There's Atlas down on the ground. The guy's up in the air. He's Atlas is looking around with his laser pointer, finds a board. Mm -hmm. Puts the board, backs up, then jumps and turns around. That's kind of cool. That's Puts the board cool. on a scaffold. And now... Look how he walks. It's he really kind of dainty. He picks right. up it's, it's a little DeWalt bag with tools. Spirit in the step. Yeah, he is. He's looking. He's Some pep in his step. He's got pep in his uh, get on. Ho! Chukunk. Hup, hup, hup. He throws the toolkit up. Wow. Then, look first. Then pushes over a box... Jumps onto the box. Jumps. But wait, there's more. Whoa! Does a flip onto the ground? Man, I saw somebody tweet. I'm studying this carefully, looking for weak points for when the Terminators come. It looks like those ankles oh, might be. 
<laughs> Might be a place you, you could just target. Yep. Achilles, Achilles heel? Achilles, look how skinny they are on the Rim ankles. Shot. So just a tip for everybody, shoot for the ankles. The ankles. Mm-hmm. The rest of it looks pretty impressive. Not the gut, not the torso. No, definitely not the torso. Hit the ankles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would have liked to have seen the, the testing for this, you know, as it went up to push the wall down. Like, what were some of the other situations that were right there? Is it pushed the wall down and it knew, huh, I can actually land on top of that wall down there on the ground. What happened if it tried to push, I don't know. I'm going to guess that they had the same guy directed as directed 20, the 2016 Tesla self-driving demo. <laughs> <laughs> and there might have been oh, that guy. a couple of takes. Okay. Might have been. So you remember, and this was tragic, the engineer in uh, Silicon Valley who uh, crashed into a um, divider and died in a fiery crash mm-hmm. in 2018. His family is suing, and uh, they got a statement from uh, Tesla's autopilot director of autopilot software, Ashok Elaswarmi. Under oath, in a deposition, he talks about the video that is still on the Tesla website. The video begins with the caption, The person in the driver's seat is only there for legal reasons. He's not doing anything. The car is driving itself. This is the famous painted black video. You see the Tesla Model X. By the way, I had a Model X at this exact time. And even I knew you can't, <laughs> you can't do this. The heavily edited video shows the Model X driving around, stopping for road junctions and red lights. Nope. All the while, the human has his hands near but not on the steering wheel. Upon reaching a Tesla facility, the human leaves the Model X, which goes off to park itself, avoiding running over a pedestrian in the process. Um, at the time, Elon tweeted, Tesla drives itself, no human input at all, through urban streets to highway to streets, then finds a parking spot. He went on to add eight cameras, 12 ultrasonars and radar, all flush-mounted and body color. Beauty remains. Well, in this de- deposition... Swarmy said the intent of the video was not to accurately portray what was available for customers in 2016. And again, as a customer, I couldn't get it. It was to portray what was possible to build into the system. 3D maps were used to pre-program the route where to stop. And during the self-parking demo, the Tesla crashed into a fence, <laughs> which they edited out. I think this is going to be pretty persuasive to the jury uh, because, of course... Uh, it was a autopilot. My Tesla, my Tesla crashed into a fence. Oh, really? Although, was it self-driving? I no, I was driving. It was a well, pedal. It was a so really terrible Tesla crash. Tesla did, too. or you did? <laughs> What's the responsibility here, Stacy? <laughs> blame the machine. Yes, we always want to blame the machine. The poor machine. You told what to do. <laughs> Uh, it, by the way, if it crashes into a fence, it really goes all the way through that fence. It's a very powerful <laughs> car. Wow. Was this Those in people, Austin? They, they, it was in Austin. It went over a parking hump. Again, <gasps> pedal error. So it went over the parking hump, smashed. I'm so glad no one was on the other side. I'm so glad there wasn't a dog. And it took out that whole fence. They thought I was driving a Hummer. They're like, were you driving like a big truck or like a Hummer? Well, that's by the like, way. Something to remember, uh, and uh, somebody recently said this is a problem. These cars are very heavy, heavier than they look. Because They're heavy, of the batteries. and there's batteries. a ton of, they they come off the Torque. line super fast. So yeah. you've got a lot of 
What's the word I'm looking for? Torque. Torque. Yeah, Torque. if you accidentally Torque. hit yes. the accelerator instead of the brake, it, it's That's not going to slowly accelerate. It's going to leap forward. It, 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 that whole thing, because it's like 3,000 pounds. So, yeah, it was pretty it's awful. The big was low. it a home or a, or what? You, uh, it was someone's home. Oh. Um, and then I, I had to knock on the door and sheepish home. So I had the to car, the door. car hit your fence. I'm driving a Tesla. It's not my fault. Not my fault. That's the car did it. I did not tell them I was driving a Tesla. I just was like, oh, yeah, it was just really scary. No, that happens a lot. People hit the wrong pedal. That's actually very, very common. Yeah, it's just so much more deadly when you're driving one of these cars. Hush your face, Jeff. Really old Hush your face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how much damage was there to your car? Really? Oh. I mean, not really. It was just expensive. It wasn't like you could drive. I drove the car away. Uh, Back so. over the hump. And how quickly were you able to get it fixed? Was he? That was one of the reasons I didn't no, buy it. No, that was like a three-month thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. There's a long, there was when I had it a long wait for parts, and I just, I didn't like that. I thought that it made me nervous. So. Oh, Scooter X says my Tesla actually weighs... Two and a half, two tons. <laughs> 4,561 pounds. Uh, who was it? I just saw a story about that. The Teslas and all of these, all of these EVs are, are heavy. That's why they want to ban them in uh, what state well, is that? <laughs> Wyoming. Okay, well, Wyoming. That's not no. why. That's not that's why. Not why. Although the heaviness is good because they don't flip as much. They're, they're very they're, low they're, center of gravity. They're yeah. nice to drive. I love road. them. I mean, but you don't want to be hit by them. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, look at that bridge video we had last week. You know, one car goes up because the Tesla is an immovable it's object. an immovable object. Yeah. I'm not moving. It's I'm why every, It's why everybody should drive one. So then you'll be safe. That's the SUV <laughs> argument. Well, that's yeah. the logic, logic that gets us these incredibly <laughs> tall SUVs and trucks. Right. Well, even better, everybody should drive an electric Hummer. Then you'd really be safe. Wow. Are there electric cars? Oh, yeah. And and the battery in the electric Hummer weighs more than most cars. Okay, <laughs> Just the battery. <laughs> it's huge. Jeez. What's uh, the range on that sucker? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, if you're going to drive a Hummer, I guess it's marginally better to drive an electric Hummer. I've seen them. They're, they're very they're big. They're massive, too. Yeah. <laughs> so can, we, can I ask you about Wyoming? Because I was curious about that. Oil. Like you can't drive through them or you just can't sell them in Wyoming? Is that they the, want to, they want the to outlaw selling them. It's oil. It's all oh, oil. Okay. But it's just it's one a, it's a, it's a, guy in Wyoming. Yeah, it's right? actually it six of them. Okay. Six GOP. Well, all you have lawmakers. is 10 people there anyway. So. Hey, but one loud person is all it takes in a lot of this stuff now. And I think it's a very much a GOP talking point because in California, yes. they're going to ban uh, gas vehicles. So, so we're, we're going to ban in the same year, by the way, 2035 sales uh, of electric vehicles. It's both. Uh, yeah, it's bogus. Here, here are the, here are the uh, very yeah, yeah, diverse... Yeah, very diverse group of uh, of uh, <laughs> members of the state of Wyoming's legislature. Oh, that's a hair dye job. Oh, <laughs> oh, there's one young guy. Man. That's real hair. That's but this. Oh, but guy, the beard, the beard. No, dye, you I don't know. buy dye the beard. It just doesn't work. And your and your hair's auburn, and your beard is a uh, uh, Goodyear tire black. No, no. Well, Goodyear tire. <laughs> one of the one of the senators' name is uh, Brian Boner. 
And uh, <laughs> but that's not funny because we are mature. There's nothing funny uh, about man, that. But he was about that. he no. was on Fox. That's how I know his name. He told the Cowboy State Daily, <laughs> "I am making zero of this up. I just want to say." It's, uh, he says, one might even say tongue-in-cheek, but obviously it's a very serious issue that deserves some public discussion. I'm interested in making sure that the solutions that some folks want to the so-called climate crisis are actually practical in real life. I just don't appreciate it when other states try to force technology that isn't ready. The legislature would be saying, if you don't like our petroleum cars, well, we don't like your electric cars. Mm, mm, mm. I don't think Our the chances of this cars. passing are very high. No. You know what? Let them do it. Yeah. Let them shoot themselves in the proverbial foot. Yeah. I have no problems with that. Yeah. In the proverbial tire. It's a. It's or one of. The, it's another tire. one of those performative. Yeah. Sigh. Legislative things. By the way, I uh, I didn't realize this, but Twitter has admitted. It's breaking third-party apps because of our long-standing API yeah. rules. They didn't say what rules the developers had uh, had violated, uh, but apparently Twitter is enforcing. This was uh, tweeted uh, yesterday. I missed it. So I should check Twitter every day, shouldn't I? Well, I should. put it in the rundown, too. If you check that, you'd see it. That's yeah. where I saw it. Twitter is enforcing oh, its longstanding API rules <laughs> that may result in some apps not working. Mm. So that's the talking points. They apparently have come up with them. Uh Craig Hockenberry, creator of Twitterific, said we have been respectful of their API rules as published for the past 16 years. We have no knowledge that these oh. rules have changed recently or what those changes might be. Yeah, Tapbots says Tweetbot's been around for over 10 years. We've always complied with the Twitter API rules. If there's some existing rule we need to comply with, we'd be happy to do so if possible. But we do need to know what it is. This is bogosity. They're just making stuff up now. Did you know that Jennifer Lopez was the reason Google created Google Images? See, I saw this headline, Jeff, and I didn't even read the story. I thought, that's link bait if ever I heard it. This is according to a well-known website called IFL Science. That was that. But at least it had a quote in it. Google Images was created because of J-Lo. This was her plunging neckline uh, dress from... The Oscars. Say, no, no, it's the Grammys. See that Grammys? Grammys, I'm yeah. sorry. What year? What year was it? Um, 2000. 2000. 2000. 42nd Grammy so the, Awards. A low neckline dress drew a baffling amount of coverage around the world. Uh, she said, it didn't seem that out there to me. It was a good looking dress. I had no idea it was going <laughs> to be is. such a big deal. It but it didn't just impact regular media, according to IFL Science. It had a lasting effect on Google's search engine because... Because if you think people about wanted it, to just search for the dress, they searched the dress. And Google didn't know oh. that how to look for dresses. This is a quote. So it had to understand images from uh, Eric Schmidt. He said this in uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. People wanted more than just text. This first became apparent after the 2000 Grammys, where J Lo wore a green dress that caught the world's attention. At the time, it was the most popular search query we had ever seen. But we had no surefire way of getting users exactly what they wanted, which was, of course, a picture of J-Lo in that dress. Google image search was born. Well, if Eric Schmidt said it, then it must be true. Yeah. 
That's good enough for yeah. me. No, it's totally true. They they even talk about it. Um, they referenced it recently in one of their I.O. presentations. Oh, probably. Yeah. One it's of the, kind they of a cool about, story. It is a cool story. Oh, yeah. that's, that's why I put it in there. Yeah. I'm glad you noticed it. Um, so this uh, Google engineer explains this uh, in uh, this is in GQ, a story from a couple of years ago by Rachel, Rachel Tastian. Um she wore this actually uh, in Grammys in 2000 and again in 2020 uh, with uh, Donatella Versace uh, at the Women's Wear Collection. Um, and they, she actually, in this article, in the GQ article, they actually quote a, an engineer, Kathy Edwards, director of engineering and product for Google Images. She says, it wasn't overnight, but it was definitely the impetus. It's completely true, she said in a Google Hangout on Friday. But it's also not the case that this happened in the next day. We said, oh, we should build an image search engine. At that point, she said, the company was only two years old. 2000, it was only two years old. Wow. What? With a very small number of employees. And everyone at the time was, of course, we need to build an image search engine. But they weren't sure how much priority to give it. When the Lopez, oh, I see. This was when it was only two, not in 2000, but before oh, then. okay. Thank you. When the Lopez, that makes more sense. Because when did Google start? 90, I don't remember. Eight, 98. So it was two years old. When the Lopez dress yeah. moment yeah. happened in February 2000, quote, it became so clear this was important, but they didn't have anyone to do it, end quote. So Google hired a, 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 that summer a college gra recent college graduate, Wee Kan Ju, as an engineer, partnered him with Susan Wojcicki, current CEO of CEO. He, she was then a project product manager. And I'll they, be. I'll be. And they worked together to build it. So Susan Wojcicki was one of two people developed image search and wow. single-handedly almost launched it in July 2001. Now, actually, that's of more interest to me than than the fact that it was J-Lo's dress, that it was Susan Wojcicki. Right. He was so one Wojcicki, of the two developers. Because yeah. we're geeks. Yeah, yeah. we care yeah. about that. And she's now. I also a, a care about executive. her dress. She's CEO. You care about the dress? <laughs> it's a pretty. It's a nice dress. It's a historical it's a nice dress. dress. It, actually, is it common it, for executives to have started out as part of um, the de a development team? Is it is when that you're fairly small. common? I mean, I know we have Zuckerberg, you know, um, but is it? For all of these big the Wojcicki family is kind of interesting because her sister, Mary. of course, is 24, 23 and me. Yes. Um, and who was married to? Schmidt? No. No, no, no. Larry. Sergey. No. Larry. Larry. Sergey. Larry. Which one? Oh. And her. And Sergei, there's three Larry, sisters. Uma Oprah. Yeah. Yes. There's three sisters. The, uh, the other sister. Well, and, and their mother is quite amazing, too. I know her. She's an educator at Palo Alto High. Esther. Yeah. Esther. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's quite well-known as well. In fact, it was in their garage. It was in their garage. That right. Susan and Janet uh, first got started. They were uh, uh, high school students in Palo Alto. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of an interesting story, isn't it? So her sister, Jan is it Janet? Is uh, Yeah, Sergey Brin. Uh, Anne Wojcicki was married to uh, Sergey, and then she right. founded 23andMe. And then Susan, her sister, of course, is currently CEO of YouTube and quite successful, mm -hmm. I might add. And the third, I think, is a professor or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. They grew up on the Stanford campus, just like Samuel Bankman Freed. 
<laughs> See, you can go one way or the other. A new blogger, a new Substacker. He is. <laughs> I can't believe he's got a Substack. Of course he has I a Substack. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, Wojcicki's grandfather was a People's Party and Polish People's Partition elected a member of parliament during the 1947 Polish legislative election. And her grandmother was a librarian at the Library of Congress, responsible for building the largest collection of Polish material in the United States. Very Ooh. accomplished family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just oh, yeah. for you, here is a picture in, of the 2020 version of the dress worn by, wow, Wowza. worn by uh, uh, J-Lo. And that's uh, Donatello Versace she's going down the runway with. Yeah, if someone handed me something I wore 20 years ago, it was like, try to fit, and, you know, let's do this again. I'd be like, no, thank you. J-Lo's pretty, <laughs> J-Lo's pretty, J-Lo's pretty amazing in that regard, I got to say. Um, why? Okay, I don't, I'm going to click on this. I don't know why. Oh, it boy. says Leo's wake-up call. Well, we talked about this last week, that you could get... Um, uh, you could get it in your in your other devices, but now they're going to allow you to do a, a custom alarm sound. So I think that Leo, you should record an alarm sound people can put on their Google devices, and you can wake up Twitville. <laughs> well, it, in theory, it's allowing you to record your own voice. I know, but I think you should do it. I could just <laughs> I could offer it for download to our club. Yes, members. yes. Hey, folks. How exactly. Would I do it? How exactly. Would I do it? You have all kinds of technical smart people around. <laughs> I don't know how to talk out loud into a micro. There was uh, a Stephen Fry talking uh, alarm clock where he would wake you up in his character as Jeeves. Do you remember that? <laughs> Let me no, see if I can I find the sound, the sound of that. It's the good morning, sir, talking alarm clock. Oh, it's no longer <laughs> for sale. But he would say, oh, it was so funny what he would say. Let me see if I, I got to play this for you. Because I would say this, I could say this, but uh, frankly, I would. If I were you, I would. Uh, I would. Here we go. Here's somebody playing it into their YouTube. You hear birds? Excuse me, madam. Your horoscope <laughs> advises a demonstration of courage. In the face of adverse circumstances. Very good, madam. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Excuse the familiarity. Here's another one. Oh, there's my favorite one. He's, okay, Jeeves, all right. The favorite one is him alerting the media. Wait a minute. Let's see if I can find this. You would think the people selling this device for 100 bucks would uh, offer you some samples, but I guess they want you to buy it first. There's 126 different messages. Excuse Ooh. me, sir, and I'm so sorry to disturb you, but it appears to be morning. Very inconvenient, <laughs> I agree. I believe it is the rotation of the earth that is to blame, sir. <laughs> or, this is my favorite, shall I inform the news agencies that you are about to rise, sir? <laughs> okay, chat room, what do you want Leo yeah, like to say that. to wake you up in the morning? I think I I'd rather like have that. Stephen Fry, to be honest with you. I didn't realize there was 126 different ones. That's amazing. That must have been a fun awesome. recording session. Yeah, no kidding. I, I'm sorry to disturb you, sir. <laughs> I want a Jeeves. Morning. Everyone should have a Jeeves. Don't you but think? This morning. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, you know what? Someone someone in our chat room says they have those two alarm clocks for oh, male and female currently no. in storage. For oh. male and female. Well, I guess good morning, madam, or good morning, sir. Oh, I see. Good morning. Madam. Why are they in storage, my artist? Why don't you use them every morning? You get very tired of of it. (laughs) Think Geek used to sell it, uh, and then they got bought. They're very ugly, though, says my artist. Oh, I think they look pretty good. I'm delighted to say you've survived another night. (laughs) That's the best. You you didn't get it for the look. You get it for the sound, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you don't get it for the look. I mean, it still has to sit in your bedroom somewhere, though. So, you know, I can appreciate... All right, uh, moving right along. And I think you should run with this. I think this is a new club benefit. I, 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 I like the idea, sir. So yeah, um, yeah, I think I think let's get gonna, to it. The other day, 127 different ways. <laughs> the other day, uh, when, after the flooding in uh, Northern California, we decided to, we had to get home and we decided to use ways to help us m- wend our way through this, you know, the streets to get home. And, a very pleasant voice was giving us directions, and I suddenly realized, "Oh, that's me." <laughs> Lisa, Lisa said, "You didn't know you." you, you I said, "Yeah, I just sound like a nice voice." I didn't realize it was me because I had recorded years ago. I'd recorded a whole set of directions for our ways. Uh, in fact, I posted them somewhere. They were somewhere, so people could download them. I don't think anybody did. But... <laughs> Wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> uh, I'm a little clueless sometimes. Wait a minute, that, that sounds... Is that one of those narcissist moments? Oh, man, this, this guy's... That's like anti-narcissist good. Great. I didn't oh, say, what? like, that sounds good. I said in my mind, I didn't remember saying, oh, that's oh, a nice okay. voice they chose. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds friendly. <laughs> he sounds friendly. I like that guy. I don't know who he is. I like that I guy. I like me. I like me. <laughs> <sighs> So Twitter is not dead. In fact, it looks like dozens, according to Axios, dozens of media companies have content deals for 2023. Yeah. Jesus, can you believe it? They, even ones where they they still haven't let, Twitter still hasn't let their journalists back on. They're still doing stuff. NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, NASCAR, PGA Tour, uh, CBS Sports, Turner Sports, ESPN, Fox, Univision, tel- or Univision, Telemundo. The Wall Street Journal, NBCU, Reuters, Axios. Oh, Axios is in this list. Oh, yes. Hey, we're doing it too. Bloomberg, Forbes, Condé Nast, USA Today. Uh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Paramount, Disney. So don't, you know, uh, Twitter, for Let's whatever it's that- going through, still create. And then this is, by the way, the answer to the rhetorical question why are you guys still on there? It still carries huge amount of cultural weight. It's not buzz. Over. It's all buzz. Yeah, it's far from. Well, over. we're in the business of buzz. These are the houses that hype built. That's why they they exist. I'm yeah. kind of yeah. feel very fortunate that I no longer have to worry about buzz, uh, and I can get off of there. And it's not, you know, yeah, of course, I had half a, more than half a million followers. Although I know that number is dwindling. Uh, so uh, any sensible, my son's like yelling at me. What are you getting off there for? You got to have a million. No, because I don't want to be there and I don't, right. I don't I'm have getting to. a lot of, I'm getting a lot of new followers that I don't think are real people oh. or if they are real people, I don't know if I want to engage with them. Isn't that funny that and I'm not trying to, ins- for all Elon like, said about bots, it's oh, done nothing yeah. to discourage him. 
Yeah, because I'm just like, <laughs> half of them are like, you know, MAGA lover or something. And yeah. I'm like, are you real? And if you are real, why why are you following? I am down I said the same about thing. I've gotten 50, a lot of 000. interesting followers yeah. that, that I'm like, I, I, what makes me interesting for you to follow me? But then with the whole third party API access, shouldn't that kill some of the bots? Maybe. Shouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, uh, I'm down about 10%, which is fine. Like I said, since I, I have not moved, I've been at 175 for. Yeah, five it, years. it might be completely organic because I've said I'm not tweeting, I'm not doing it. So I might might be completely organic. But, uh, but revenue, you'll see there, is down 40%. A Twitter executive told Twitter employees. Get ready. Donald Trump, according to NBC, is coming back to Twitter. Oh, yeah. So it's not just I those... didn't follow him then. Won't follow him now. Yeah, it's not just those brands. So, who who did you say that was? It's this little company <laughs> called NBC. <laughs> Again, it, it's all about buzz. It, yeah, they're going to broadcast something, and people are going to talk about it. Good, good, or especially if it's really bad. So. Why not be there? They're going to continue to get attention and eyeballs. If you're running for president, which Trump says he is, you you got to be on Twitter. I know. I note that Joe Biden posts all the time on Twitter, at least daily, right? You know. But what about Truth Social, though? What any any word on that? And, and it's he's got a contractual obligation to stay off a competitor for a certain amount of time, but not that he ever pays attention to contracts. Let's let's say that. <laughs> I wasn't going there. By the okay. way, he's in yeah. good company with Elon Musk, isn't he? Who has yeah. not paid his his bills. But there was there was a study, Leo, in December released December 7, 2022 by Karsten Müller and Carlo Schwartz that's that had four they looked at Twitter after Trump was kicked off. The toxicity of tweets sent by Trump followers relative to the representative sample dropped by 25% after Trump disappeared. Yeah. The effect is larger for pro-Trump tweets, of course. Um, it resulted in a, it reduced the number, the total number of tweets, suggesting a drop in engagement. NBC um, also is saying that Trump yesterday formally petitioned Meta to unblock his account. Remember that the Meta did not the uh, Meta supervisor board. board say the they board should advisory. They, sh- the advisory <laughs> no, they said they should they should re they should not make it. Uh, indeterminate and they should set a time when they decide and i think that they said it was january 6th 2023 it's about about around now yeah, yeah. one year later the, or two years later just as just as 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 meta is trying to get as far away from any controversy in politics as they can there was a big story a week ago about how they tried to get rid of all politics and it kind of backfired because it meant that only crappy outlets were there but they're trying to get away from they just want they just want puppies and parties and legless virtual human beings. That's all they want. A Meta spokesperson, according to NBC, declined to comment about Trump beyond saying the company, quote, will announce a decision in the coming weeks in line with the process we laid out. Again, their advisory board said you should reinstate him two years later. Or they said... No, no, they didn't say... Uh, they, they, they said you should set a date. And then... Set a date when you, when you decide. I believe Facebook said... Facebook... This is, this is again, according to NBC News, ultimately decided to institute a limited ban on Trump that would come up for review, ah, after two years starting January 7th. So they're reviewing it right now. And the Oversight Board had another decision yesterday 
which is interesting. What was that? That is that um, they said that you have to reconsider your no naked female breast rule. This Mainly, is why I let you tell us this story. Yes. Uh, mainly uh, in interest of trans people. Wait a minute. Not nursing moms. Wait a minute. Well, that that's already been there. Oh, they okay. had people. They had people who were transitioning who wanted to show their breasts. Yes. And the board said, that. "Well, you ought to let them." And you ought to reconsider your whole... It is kind of um, a double standard. I mean, you, a man really can is. show his Clearly breasts. Is. Yep. I remember this Well, story. it's it's a nipple standard because nipples are what's like pornographic according to... But male nipples are not. FCC or somebody. Right. Oh, you know, I, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it's... It's very American. Honestly, if you ever saw pictures of just nipples you would be hard pressed to say that's a male nipple or a female nipple true in some cases really <laughs> somebody somebody i can't remember who somebody did that i can't remember if it was instagram or whatever and there was it was just like a bunch of nipples i, I mean if they're hairy okay maybe but pretty I, i'm sorry we got into this conversation no, i'm really stop. deeply regretting it <laughs> oversight board overturns Meta's- you're, you're, you're like you're like stacy in the car see you're, you're gonna try to blame the story or blame me no well, you did it we were going fine we were doing all right <laughs> and you went into the fence <laughs> <laughs> went into the fence <laughs> all right but what about this <laughs> try another one Don't- don't we have another story we could talk yes. about? Yes, he's right. Is we are moving on. He's looking desperately for one. <laughs> no, I've, in fact, there was a story, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but I... There did we, we, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask what happened with uh, the 2.30 uh, news. Yeah, we could we do that. I was. It just was a related story that I saw oh. on Tech Dirt. I'll find it. That it turns it out social to- media didn't... The Russian plan to overturn the 2016 right. election... No impact. Didn't really have any impact. Now, you, they didn't say anything about uh, cable news, which I think probably had some impact. But as far as this study could tell, social media did not change anybody's opinion yes, or vote. Sir. Oh, it's, it is in here. I, I thought you had it in yours. It's in mine. You just ignored it because you thought you had nothing. Uh, I did. I just went you right to your stuff. Uh, Mike Masnick writing, no, of course, Russian Twitter trolls did not impact the 2016 election. I feel a little vindicated because this was on the on my radio show back in uh, like November or December 2016. I said, that's absurd. It doesn't make sense that a troll farm tweeting or posting on Facebook could change anybody's vote. Could change the minds of people, right? How how weak-minded and idiotic we are as a society, if yeah. that's all it takes. Right. The study, which, which is... Was, well, that's the third-person effect, which is, I'm immune. It won't affect right. me, but affect all those me, idiots those out there, it's going to affect them. Yeah. Yeah. The study published in Nature uh, looked at whether or not Russian trolls on social media had any impact. They said, finally, we find no evidence of a meaningful relationship between exposure... They didn't deny that there was a Russian foreign influence campaign. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh, yeah. obvious. But they said there was no evidence of a meaningful relationship between exposure to that media campaign and changes in attitudes, polarization, or voting behavior. It's the same as the as the as the Cambridge Analytica. Sheer BS. They had no impact on anything. And every researcher I know at the time said they're 
this is this is ridiculous. Yeah. The problem with Cambridge Analytica was merely that Facebook allowed them to snake a bunch of information about us. But Cambridge Analytica all along but it wasn't overstated their capabilities. Rules, actually. Right, right. It was third-party friends of friends information, which Facebook eventually did shut down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, a study is only as good as, you know, the the methodology and so forth. I don't know. Josh Tucker is very good. This is this is a very good group. Okay. I know this group personally. Yeah. But it kind of, honestly, I always thought that. I It was in politics to say it, but I always thought, yeah, I... You know, I think watching a lot of Fox News might have impacted you, but I think reading a bunch of tweets from a Russian troll farm, yeah, I'm not surprised that didn't have much of a effect. But then there's that whole element of something like a news source such as Fox or whomever are are trustworthy. Up it's trustworthy. Well, they're and they're and pulling and tweets, and I would also say the yeah. more people around you that are behaving in a certain way, that maybe at first it's like, ooh, that's extreme, but the more you see it. The right. less extreme it is, yeah, and then Fox could pick that up. It does seem Isn't the that case what they say about QAnon as well. Yeah, yeah. it does. It, yeah, it, it, yeah, well, yeah. Nobody said that QAnon was not influenced by social media. I mean, that clearly started in and was fostered by social media completely. Mm. Although I know a guy, it was at his yoga class, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> uh, and, and let's not forget there was there was another study that said you know YouTube was supposedly what took you down the rabbit holes. Yeah, and a study found out that almost all of the traffic to the, these radical videos came from links from the outside. Oh, it wasn't the algorithm that did it. YouTube was a repository. They were of these hosting, videos, and that's a problem. Yeah, but it wasn't YouTube that that you know radicalized people. They came in radicalized, looking for the good stuff. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'm printing out tons of this research right now for the next book. So you're, I'm going to bore you. I don't them. know. I mean, I see my child on TikTok and YouTube because once it figured out that they, they were a teenager, they started showing uh, a lot of like, oh, what's it? There's a word for the anorexia kind of stuff. Eating uh, disorder videos. Oh. or Yeah, a lot of eating disorder videos and kind of stuff that... I know that they have never been any sort of interested in. Do you think she might be influenced, though, by seeing a lot of those that maybe she'd say, you know, I should try not eating? No, they they decided to uninstall TikTok, actually. Good for her. (laughs) Miss Stacy, so so those videos, were they just warnings about the eating disorder or showing it as a fan? No, they're young girls who are showing, like, what they eat in a day. And then, you know, oh, gotcha. talking about like how much they exercise and tips like if you eat an apple and seven almonds and then a gallon of water, you'll be full all day long. <laughs> yeah, there was hashtag thinspiration. Uh, hash, oh. Yeah, hashtag. Oh, thinspo, that's what thinspo. I was thinking of. Yeah. Hashtag skinny check. I could see it'd be easy. I could see especially uh, a young person could be go. Oh, I'll try that. I mean. I tried intermittent fasting for a while. It's easy to say, "Oh, that sounds yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds reasonable. Maybe that would help me." Yeah, you did some crazy stuff. TikTok I still do crazy stuff, me. but I, mostly it's just the internet op- opens you to new ideas, and some of them are not good ideas. Remember when people <laughs> used to get in giant vats of super cooled liquid? Oh, oh yeah. they still do. <laughs> they buy those now. The plunge pools, the cold plunge pools are now a, like a thing in the Wall Street Journal. You yeah. can read all about it. I would love to them. have one myself. I miss them. You just need a big old trash can. I'm not can. talking about an ice tub. I mean, I'm talking about really cold. Kevin Rose used to get in like 
like yeah yeah 20 below i mean it wasn't just ice oh like cryotherapy yeah. cryotherapy yeah there were cryo tanks oh there's still cryotherapy all yeah but it was a there? fad i think it kind of oh, i don't I never saw I don't, a fad i don't <laughs> there were there were actually storefront places you could go. Remember that? Well, there's one near me. Yeah, it's still around. There's one, yeah, yeah. Like there's a new one. I know ballplayers do cryotherapy, but I mean yeah. it's like licensed outfits, you know. Well, also and if you're a pitcher, even have it there. Yeah, you if know? you're a pitcher and your arm is getting inflamed and you, you, you and you want to put in an ice bath, I can understand that. Although. There's more and more evidence that's the wrong. That's not a good thing to do. But okay. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, and this will be my pro tip for everyone: if you end your showers with like thirty seconds to no. a minute no. of cold no. water, no, no, no. It no. Okay, just I give me a second. No. Give me a second. It does make you happy. I love it. It, oh, it totally no. and no, your hair will so look. It makes you happy grumpy. when you stop. Well, I it, love it. It helps with your like <laughs> mental happiness. It really go, does. Go to Finland. Fine. They they, they do that in Finland. No, that's fine. I've done the sauna. Do I don't do that part. When I have morning showers and I do my whatever I need to do in the shower, I always rinse off with cold as long as I could stay in there. And I swear Jeez. that first five seconds, it's painful. But then after that, it's, it's almost like just happy gas. Half oh, of you the, people are Half weird. of the twit. Twig team take cold yeah, showers. The, the younger half. Uh. <laughs> and I feel great. And then again, I love the ice bucket stuff. I miss those from, from Yeah, China. actually, Leo and I are 38 and 39. We just don't take cold showers. Just yeah, exactly. We just look old. And- Wait a minute. All right, I'll try it tomorrow. So what do you do? You're in the shower. Five seconds. It's hot. Yeah, just the last 30 seconds. And then you seconds. just turn the knob just- all the way to the cold. Yep. All the way just, to cold. Just stay you there scream. And and bear it. And you, you may have scream. to scream. You do scream. <laughs> you scream. If it comes to you, just scream go. is part of it, probably, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. You scream. Is like, scream. Ah! Sorry. But, and, yeah, ask <laughs> that's, Queen Pruitt. That's your wake up sound, folks. Queen Pruitt is You can get that every too. day. It's the funniest thing because, you know, she, she's never tried anything like that. And I can remember her going and giving it a go the first couple of times. And, yeah, it got loud. What, what, she probably screamed, Edge, you're wrong. Yeah. So what do you think the uh, mecha- mechanism is uh, that makes this work? Well, well some people say it, stuff. it activates and... the mammalian dive reflex, but I don't know if that's true. Dive, dive. I'm going to dive. <laughs> what does CNN say? triggers the lymphatic central, central system, system in the body. So the lymphatic system is your uh, kind of uh, immune system. It's what fights well, off. This, this is from some. This is from a site that, that's even less reliable yeah. than the one I gave yeah. you for J Lo's dress. Yeah, but it says that uh, it allows for all toxins and body waste to be yeah. flushed okay. out of okay. the body. Stop. As soon as you Stop. say it toxin, do I don't buy that. No. Yeah, yeah, no, no it, it, exactly. it does make your blood vessels constrict. Constrict. Thank you. I was like this one, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it. I think it does. Put out some sort of endorphins because it does. You you feel good. It You're fires like, off. I don't, I, I don't I don't remember if it's dopamine, but it's definitely some happy gas. You you feel a difference. It's, here's it's what uh, my really weird, but boy, I love it. Here's what my uh, Neva artificial intelligence says. Taking cold showers can have a number of health benefits, including stimulating the immune system. That's that lymph thing. Increasing resistance to illness, improving circulation, deepening sleep, spiking energy levels. That, I believe, reducing inflammation 
And yeah, get me out of here fast. Yeah, potentially relieving <laughs> depressive syndromes. Cleveland Clinic's a good source. Let's read what the Cleveland uh, Clinic says. Are cold showers good for you? Now, this is a cold shower. I'm not taking a cold shower. No, you don't take it. Yeah. That's the whole point. You don't get in there and get comfortable. It has to be a shock, you know, yeah. for, for it to work. All right. just, I will try it tomorrow. I will. I'll absolutely try it tomorrow. Stimulates blood full flow. It's good for your overall health. Your skin gets clearer and healthier with increased circulation because the blood. Okay, the blood jumps in. Mm-hmm. But there are better ways to get your blood pumping than don't involve shivering. Go for well, it. Have you guys walk. done? I agree. I agree. There if you're going to do the torture part, do you do the sauna part? I do. I like. Yeah, well, you take too. a hot shower and then yeah, you're. But you end in. in also, it's great for your skin. And it's great for your hair because it closes off your hair follicles. Yeah. So my it'll skin is still pink and my hair is still white. I'm not going to make a <laughs> A difference. clinical trial in the Netherlands found that cold showers. Now, these are cold showers, not just brief ones, but cold showers. 29% reduction in people calling off sick from work. Another study connected cold showers to improve cancer survival. On the mental health side, researchers found cold showers may help relieve symptoms of depression. Yeah, that's why I started doing it, and it that's does help. Happy gas. Happy <laughs> gas. Okay, I'll, that's I'll what try it. Seems it. Like. I'm not. See, now this, by the way. And you can start with 10 seconds. This is exactly what we were that's just a, talking that's about. That's enough pain. This is exactly what we are just talking about. This was an experiment to see mm-hmm. if Tech Dirt was wrong, that in fact you could be influenced by social media. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Leo has been. Yeah, Good Leo. Place, well, Leo's a tomorrow. Here. I'm, I'm not, taking a I'm cold not doing shower. It. I'm not taking cold showers. I'm not walking on bridges. Okay, I'm and just, Jeff has not. Jeff was not. I'm not he doing is it. strong-minded. No. Yes, stubborn. Now As let's a take a break. And, then we come and, back. And, and, Inger in our IRC does make a good point. It says, ask your doc first. You may cause heart stress. Hence, yes. why only ten seconds or so is totally fine because you'll feel a difference. But it has to be. Not a gradual turn of the knob to to go to cooler temperatures. If I am not here next week, full bore, yeah. <laughs> you will know why. All right, we're going to talk about uh, the Supreme Court and Section Two Thirty. Uh, they haven't heard arguments yet, have they? On this, they're just their briefs no, coming. There's a brief from Google yeah. now, but arguments uh, still to come. But they are hearing, and actually, I have. Uh, you know what this this particular case is somewhat persuasive to me, and I'll tell you what the debate is over when we continue in just a bit. But read first, the read the Google brief, and you'll be persuaded the other way. No, you're obviously easily persuaded <laughs> because you're going to go take a shower tomorrow. The Google in ice. brief, I will tell you, the Google brief persuaded me otherwise, and I think it'll do the same with the justices. But I'll tell you why in a second. I do want to talk about. You've probably seen this. And you're going to see signage and so forth. And during the shows, a little lower third pops up that says that the studios are brought to you by the great folks at ACI Learning. We've for years, in fact, since they were founded, talked about IT Pro, right? IT Pro is now part of ACI Learning. Together, IT Pro and ACI Learning are expanding expanding their production capabilities. It's a match made in heaven. So now you get the content and the style of learning you need at any stage in your development, if you want to get ahead in IT, there is no better way to do it. Whether you want individual training for yourself or you want to train your whole team, ACI Learning at IT Pro have you covered. 
227,000 members of the IT Pro Learning Community. I suspect many of them are listeners here. Uh, we know there's a great overlap. 6,800 hours of content. And now, thanks to ACI Learning, there's new content in a lot of areas being added. It's pretty exciting. It's, of course, team training is available for CompTIA and Microsoft IT and Cisco and Linux and Apple and security and cloud and more. One of the most widely recognized certifications that most people start their career with is the CompTIA A+. That's the desktop support uh, cert. And the best way to get that cert, CompTIA courses from IT Pro and ACI Learning. It makes it easy for you to level up or your employees to level up, especially if they have, and you should have, a vested interest in cybersecurity. The most popular certs offered by ACI Learning include CISSP, AWS, ISACA, ISACA, and CCNA. Other in-demand tech skills and certification courses offered are Technical Support Specialist, Computer User Support Specialist, Information Security Analyst, and much more. I think as an individual, if you're listening, you're thinking, those would be such great skills to bring to the job. And if you're a company with a security team or an IT team, you've got to be thinking, I need my team to have those skills. Certs are more than just, you know, proving a skill set. They let customers, they let clients, they let employers see that you're committed to keeping your knowledge up to date. And if you've got an organization... It's a great way of showing your customers, yeah, we, we pay attention to this. ACI Learning and IT Pro are with you every step of the way with an IT Pro business plan. ACI Learning offers fully customizable training. The dashboard is fantastic. You can track your team's results, manage your seats, assign and unassign individual team members or group team members. You can access monthly usage reports. You'll see metrics like logins, viewing time, tracks completed, and more. It's very easy to manage your teams, too. You can say, you, you need to study this. You, you guys, you need to study this. You can customize the assignments fully. Keep an eye on progress. Report on usage, which is helpful. If you're showing the boss, this is, you know, we're, we're doing it. We're learning it. And your team will love it because it's such good quality content. Fun, engaging, informative. They appreciate it. The assignments can be full courses, but they also can be individual episodes within courses. And because there's transcripts for every course, you could find exactly that thing you're trying to learn or try to get your staff to learn. And you get the best advanced reporting, immediate insight into your team's viewing patterns and progress. You can do it over any period of time. The reports can be very visual. Again, the boss likes pictures. Respected companies and government agencies around the globe use IT Pro and ACI Learning year after year to help them maintain their competitive edge. It's really the best name in training. Supporting organizations across more than just IT now, it's audit, IT, cybersecurity. ACI Learning keeps you and your team at the top of your game. From entry-level training to putting people on the moon, ACI Learning has you covered Maintain your company's competitive edge with ACI Learning. Visit ACILearning.com. It's a great partnership producing fantastic content that'll help you get ahead in the business and help your team learn the things it needs to know to keep your company safe. ACILearning.com. We thank ACI Learning so much for supporting not only Twig, but supporting the entire operation here with their studio sponsorship we are coming to you from the Twit Studios by ACI Learning. Thank you, ACI Learning. All right. 
So let's first of all talk about the Supreme Court case because it's an interesting case. Uh, it is actually about uh, radicalization. Uh, specifically, it's a is it is a suit against YouTube. Am I right? Uh, which yeah. is why Google's brief is, you know, important. Uh, the The issue is Gonzalez versus Google LLC, uh, brought by the Gonzalez uh, family. Who? Uh, let me see if I can find the facts of the case so I can, I can. Uh, she was it's in the brief. Is it in the brief? Okay, good. I'll go over yeah, the brief. She was uh, one of the victims of that horrific uh, Paris uh, shooting, right? Let me, let me open this brief up here so we can talk about it. Oh, it's many pages. Many, many pages. It's only 68, um, but there's got a handy table of contents. Um, she. So the family, her family is suing. No, actually, it's not. It's not in there. Yeah. Petitioners contend that YouTube violated the Anti-Terrorism Act by displaying ISIS videos to users watching similar videos. In other words, recommending those videos to those users and thereby radicalizing them, causing them to become terrorists, causing uh, this mass killing. Before that, they were perfectly normal, but go ahead. Well, it's in Paris. So, so here's the issue. Here's the here's what I would propose. Here's what I would propose. Uh, I don't think Section 230 should, in fact, protect algorithmic recommendations. I want you to make the case for that, Jeff. I think Section 230 should protect me and Google uh, against those videos on Google. But if Google says, uh, or Twitter, or Facebook, or even Twit, if we start recommending radicalizing content that is not well, i don't me, believe that should start. be protected but where does the algorithm come from they don't just appear on their own right Who, who's responsible for the algorithm google well let me let me try to answer your question i'm going to start not with 230 but with the first amendment and this is a piece that i wrote in, in a british publication a week ago that choice is speech you choose who to have on this show. An editor decides hey, Stacy's leaving. She knows she's in for a waffle time. Um, it's the great thing about the Zoom thing. We can now see this. So I, yeah, I'll spend a minute. Um, <laughs> we have so, a, a gentleman's rule not to mention. I know we don't, but I think it's fun. Okay. Um, so because uh, she knows when, I, when Jeff gets going, I got four minutes. I can do it. <laughs> so so choice is itself speech, right? Um, uh, an editor, a publisher, a platform. <laughs> oh, you'll sleepy. <laughs> Jeff, I can hear you when I leave. I know. I, I want know, you I to know funny. that. I know that. I thought it was funny. Uh, I forgot to get my water. Oh, water, huh? And I, you know, and Waffle. if you were going to explain how the First Amendment relates to Section Two Thirty, I knew you're, I had plenty of, of time. You're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, the point is. Speech includes choice, and the choice of what you choose to carry is protected by the First Amendment in this country uh, and should be protected by the Supreme Court. Forget 230. When you get to 230 and say, well, they shouldn't be protected from this, well, against what? Um, to be sued for carrying it? Okay, but it's not a, is it illegal speech? Um, then they are they prosecuted? What do we say about that? Um but 230 protects them from the liability 
of others' actions. And I think it's absolutely vital because the point is at scale, algorithms are going to be necessary to give us what we want in recommending content. Okay, and, so, and not so just that's what you're saying is, is because we're just trying, uh, not we, people are trying to give their customers what they want, be it Twitter, Google, what have you, and they're going about it from a level of code. The code should be protected and, and the people writing that code should be protected. Mm-hmm. The algorithm should be protected. I think so, yes. I think that's- you're wrong there. I think your argument is basically like we we have to trust this because it's the only way we can get content out to people at scale. So I don't think, but the New York that, Times now right. uses an algorithm to recommend content. Here's my here's my reason I don't. I, so I, that's I, think, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, and I, and I, you're right. Choice is a is a is a First Amendment right, but I don't want to lose two thirty protection. Because we went to the wall to protect the algorithm. Well, that's a political question. Well, that's but, not a principled but, question. Okay, but ultimately, that's this you're, is you're negotiating already. Ultimately, well, we need to negotiate policy. because we're going to lose it. <laughs> There's a strong risk of losing it, and I'll tell you what. If so, I'm not protecting somebody's algorithm. If that means I can't have a chat room, I can't have comments, I can't have a forum, I can't have a mastodon because none of well, that is, that's, is that's any just, longer well, protected by two thirty. But it's not just the algorithm, right? I finally figured out a way to, to put this recently. Is you have the left is when you have Wyden and two thirty said we're going to create a sword and a shield, a a shield so that you're not liable for others' actions, a sword so that you are free to moderate and have a better discussion to get rid of junk, and and we're going to give you both. Well, the left is going after the shield because they say, well, you shouldn't be protected. You should be going after this bad stuff. You should get rid of bad stuff. The right is going after the sword saying, how dare you take down our bad stuff? That's our stuff. And we're going to require you in Texas and and Florida to keep it up. And so it's part of that larger discussion. So if, if, I guess you were just saying, Leo, okay, let's negotiate this. But there's no negotiation with where this discussion is headed. That's the problem. But, do you, but I've always said these algorithms are a bad idea. No, no, I disagree. I think they're a bad idea. I think there's a difference in editorial judgment as in the New York Times picking what's on its front page. There's a very different thing from that and something like what Meta, Facebook, Google, World of Warcraft do to generate more revenue by promoting extremist content. You know what? I miss well, an You know what, Jeff? You talked Mastodon. about the New York Times algorithm being like recommending stories to you. Mm-hmm. That's less offensive because the New York Times has an editor that puts up all of their stories. So if I'm saying Good from point. this existing curated list, I'm recommending. From so only New York content. Times writers get protected, but we schmucks out here in social media and blogging no, 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 don't. That's well, what I'm saying with You're the not pro- The yeah. ISIS videos are not protected, first of all. Yeah. In fact, one of Google's points is, oh, we took care of that a long time ago. Uh, the ISIS and videos by the way, are not protected. There's no proof that the people involved saw those videos. Yeah. None. So, okay, so maybe on the, on the actual facts of this case, there isn't a case. But I don't want to go to the wall defecting, uh, defending the right of these massive tech companies to use algorithms to encourage revenue growth through engagement so let me try the algorithms tend to point you in directions 
and Twitter does this too, where it's more you're more outraged. You are you complain, just complain about what you're seeing. Okay, you're seeing okay. So, so let me let me the reason okay, you're seeing let me Lauren answer Bert, you. Let me let me finish. The reason you're seeing Lauren Boebert on Twitter is because Twitter has decided Elon Musk said so. Well, no, because I believe yeah. the algorithm says, oh, look, no, you know oh, what? No, oh, no. See how ex- excited and upset this gets, Jeff. See how much more he tweets. See how many more no, hours he spends no, on Twitter. That's purely we need political. To do this purely political. I'm not seeing. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Well, I would submit that Elon's right to promote Lauren Boebert to you is protected speech. The algorithm's right to promote Lauren Boebert to you. To let me give you a different scenario. Money is not protected speech. Okay, let, let's take let's take economics out of this for a moment, if we may. We can't because that's go, why they. Let's do wait, it. wait, wait. Let's go to Mastodon. Now, in Mastodon, I miss an algorithm because there's stuff overnight that I miss that I wish I could see. I want an algorithm that says, hey, Jeff, here's the good stuff you missed. And I'm seeing some examples of this people are working on out there. The algorithm, an algorithm for algorithm's sake, is not evil. An algorithm can be done badly in the case of the Lauren, Lauren Boebert. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I guarantee you that's purely political, not economic. Um, but whatever. Uh, but an algorithm, if, if we demonize algorithms, if we demonize math, if we demonize knowledge, that's going to be a bigger problem here. And I can see in an activity pub world where there may be five or six algorithms that I will choose to have because they find stuff that I care about and they're not economically motivated and I can choose them and they're optional and they're transparent. And I know what I'm getting. My point is algorithms aren't evil. Well, I so think maybe what you're fact- saying is advertising is evil. Well, that's a different I think problem. the fact that Jeff Jarvis is too lazy to scroll back through his feed is a lousy reason <laughs> for us to fend algorithms on any platform. Oh, no. Um, no. Algorithms I have no are, problem with the algorithms. My problem is the algorithms are being forced. I should be able to just I'll, go through chronological. I'll submit to you a, the real problem with algorithms and is what they're what they're optimizing for so if an mm-hmm. algorithm is merely optimizing to surface the stuff that you would have been interested in overnight that's benign yeah. but if the algorithm and i submit this is what it's being it's what it's being optimized for is to generate more engagement and but you've just demonized revenue, algorithms as a whole no yeah no that's a business i'm decision. not demonizing algorithms as a whole the problem is we can't impute what the intent is of an algorithm but I can guarantee you that that's what happens. They don't algorithmize your your tweets that that you see overnight because oh, I think Jeff would be interested in this. There's nobody no, doing free, that. They're saying free Musk. I like the algorithm. I chose yeah, so, the algorithm understand, over the phone. Understand it how it works from a computer programmer's point of view. He there is it's far too hard to write that algorithm. But here's an easy algorithm to write. How much time did Jeff spend on the platform yesterday? All right, let's yep. tweak it. Did he spend more time? Yeah, let's tweak it. Did he spend more time? And that's how it does because no programmer is going to write in, well, this person's interested in A, B, and C, so we should give him more uh, dog pictures. He likes those. So let me That's tell you. That's not how a... it works. It's much Leo. easier, and this is how every single algo works on every single social platform, including Thanks. TikTok, including World of Warcraft, including Google, Facebook. Trust me, I understand how it's coded. Is It's directly tied to engagement. I'm going to give you a good revenue. algorithm right now. If you go to at Colorusso underscore algo at law.builders on Mastodon, this is an algorithm that goes through this guy's feed. Yeah, but no business is implementing that because that's not what a business <laughs> so is in business And so nothing wrong for. with an algorithm. It's all about profit. Well, profits, the New York Times makes a profit too. Profit's not evil, you communists. 
No, it's not evil. I absolutely am not going to the wall to defend Google or Facebook or Twitter's right to keep us engaged by keeping us outraged. In, in order to protect Section 230, that is not going to happen. And well, the, I think you've thrown a, the baby out with the Constitution. You've, you've just gone over the line, Mike. Stacey Mr. Jarvis, it, it would be fine, if the, again, if the algorithm <laughs> wasn't just spitting out. Again, I, I started the show saying I'm not really on Twitter or any social media much nowadays unless I'm just broadcasting because what's being presented to me is a bunch of depressing and angry stuff. I don't I don't, I don't know how that. you get that because it's not happening with me, my friend. And so I'm not sure what's happening. I, I hate that. Normally I pop it open and I just see my community of people. But now what I'm seeing is my community of people are angry because they've been fed something. And, they've, and it's just a vicious cycle of so many depressing stories and so many ups, upset stories. You also don't like the news, right? You said the I'm same like, thing wow. about, about news. Yeah, I'd right? say, right. Yeah. And I could say the exact same thing about local news because if I turn just on local because, news, it's pretty much the same way. Yeah. And just because the algorithm may be working for you, Jeff, doesn't mean it works for everybody. I'm not saying it does, but it also means it doesn't does not work for everybody. And so if you want to eliminate the algorithm for me, too, you've taken away a tool but that I find useful. Thing. Yeah, they've taken away. But that's, that's like arguing, away. like, don't take away something that benefits me, even if it harms others. That's that's silly. No, I, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm it's saying speech is we're talking give me about your too, choice. Well platforms yeah i agree with you <laughs> Give i agree with choice. you man. let me just do the chronological old school way of going back and seeing what people posted that i actually give a give a, a care about um versus just suggesting things to me because everybody else is talking about it give me a choice jonathan zittrain at harvard argued i was in the room when he argued it to facebook at pardon me davos when i used to get invited um where he said, you know what you should do? You should give everybody a dial. And if they want to choose the um, Disney algo that's all cleaned up or they want to choose the Alex Jones algo, give it, make that the responsibility of the user. And then you're going to get in less trouble, by the way, because the users, they chose it. It wasn't forced on them. Well, but users are yeah. choosing it on an engagement. I mean, that's kind of what Leo, Leo's dial is, or Leo's. Well, um, and and, and that's their right. They want to watch uh, Alex Jones. What? Let them watch Alex Jones. I watch. think he's awful. It's a choice. Yeah, but it's a no choice. one's saying they can't watch Alex Jones or even ISIS videos. Uh, but what I'm saying is, it shouldn't be promoting those uh, completely. It doesn't. By the way, I, you need to understand how computers and algorithms work, Jeff. Before you start defending algorithms, the, the algorithms. <laughs> I need. That are, you also need to read some research on this that says that this is not what's happening at YouTube. Well, I'm just saying it's a lot harder to write an algorithm and almost a, a, a failing. Look at the recommendation engines, by the way, how poorly they do. Those those do not work. What works really well is a feedback loop between your time spent, your the amount of engagement, the amount of tweeting, the amount of tweets you read and the content. And it doesn't care about what the content is. It just says, well, when we serve him this, he spends more time here. So we here. should give him more of that. That's an easy algo to write. That's how TikTok works. That's how every algorithm I've ever seen on social works. I like is, my TikTok The problem too. is, if you look at the Netflix <laughs> recommendations, they suck. You know why? They don't have that feedback loop. All they, They're trying to recommend something based on you know, your interests. That doesn't work. Yeah. 
Well, that's also why a lot of none of that sucky stuff works. Netflix programming, but that's another story. Well, I'm, it's all depressing. I, I can tell I you exactly how all the algorithms engines. on social networks work. It has nothing to do with goodness or. Light. But I'm saying you're setting a precedent here in wanting the Supreme Court to say algo evil. You're setting a precedent that affects so much more. No. And so I'm not willing to die on that hill. You are. I'm not. I don't. I don't. You're going to take a cold shower. Evil. I'm not going. I don't want to say algo evil. I do want to say, allow me to step away from it if I want. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Absolutely. And the recommendation stuff, well, smart. that is a whole different ball of wax, like you said, Mr. Laporte. Um, I think that takes more effort on the consumer side of things because, yeah, it, YouTube used to be pretty bad for me. Netflix was pretty bad. But the effort that I did with hitting those stupid up, thumbs up, thumbs down and all of that on the things that I watch, it did tend to make a difference after a while. So now the stuff that I get, it's, it's useful, but everybody's not going to do that because most people have a life. I don't, you have to, you're gaming the <laughs> algorithm and you can game the algorithm, but you can only game it temporarily. They know perfectly yeah. well, eventually you're going to give up and just watch what we tell you to watch. Yeah. <laughs> They'll throw that number one. What is it? This says um, just number because one in the Big US Tech doesn't right do it. Does it or, I don't want to watch it. Just because Big Tech does it or doesn't do it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I think that mm -hmm. is a mistake. I'm not going to buy into that. Uh, but they they don't have an interest in promoting the social wheel. They have an interest in making money, and yep. and that is the capitalist way. And I don't think that that has anything to do with free speech or protected oh, speech or Section oh, Two Thirty. Oh, 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 oh. But, well, what, what about every book publisher? What about your company right here? What about every newspaper? What about every magazine? What about every TV network? They all make money. Do you think they should have no liability for the social consequences of their algorithmic choices? I think that that's what Section is very wise. Does. It takes away all liability. is wise. It doesn't take away all liability. If you have libel, you know. Well, it takes away liability is, for those choices. Or those things that are done by others outside on the platform. And without that, as there's a great quote in the Google brief, which I have uh, up on the rundown, we would end up with nothing but uh, billboards. We'll end up with nothing but absolute pap and crap. Mm -hmm. If if this goes away, because no one's going to take the liability of making choices. Oh, All they're going to do. I completely is agree with ads. you. That's why we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Screw Google. Screw Twitter. Screw TikTok and their creepy algorithms. Let's protect my chat room, my Mastodon, where it's not algorithmic, but I need to be protected so that I am not liable for things people post there. That is absolutely necessity. I agree with you. It would be the end of the internet if Section 230 went away. Your attempt to defend an indefensible algorithm is the problem, not, not what... Again, I'm going to go back to the research. What and This is what Google says in the brief, is that there's a lot of accusations being presumed here and made that, that aren't backed up by the facts. And so on that basis, on the basis of... Get ready, Ant. Get ready. Ant, Ant I'm telling you, get ready. On the basis of such moral panic, we can lose rights at a greater level. <laughs> See, I think I think Ant didn't have a cold shower this morning. He was a little slow on the uptake. That there. wasn't me. That's this daggum computer. That oh, you're blaming the at some point the Tesla too, huh? <laughs> blaming the Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blaming Stacey, the Tesla. Stacy, you you. I'm sorry. That's wrong. You you. Confessed an embarrassing moment in life. 
And, and I shouldn't. And take you it just kicked me while I was down. I did. That's I totally, did. totally. Ex- I expected no less, <laughs> <laughs> or no more. <laughs> All right, Leo. I think yeah. we've set our boundaries here. Uh, what else what is going on? Um, we have not really. I mean, that was a Google story. I feel like we haven't we talked got other much Google about stories. Heck. About which? Yeah. Um, about heck. Tech. 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 Do we want to talk about all the AI? You've got a bunch of chat GPT and stable diffusion stories. I did think Nick 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 Cage's takedown of chat GPT is hysterical. (laughs) Explain Uh, to the folks. So uh, some people have, I guess it's become a thing to post, uh, for some reason, lyrics written in the style of Nick Cave written by chat GPT. So somebody asked Nick Cave, hey, look at this. In the depths of the night, I hear a call, a voice that echoes through the hall. It's a siren song that pulls me in, takes me to a place where I can't begin. I am the sinner. I am the saint. I am the doctor. I don't know. Anyway, for whatever. Uh, Nick Cave responded on his personal blog. What chat GPT is in this instance is replication as travesty. <laughs> uh, Chappy TPT may be able to write a speech or an essay or a sermon or an obituary, but it cannot create a genuine song. <laughs> it could perhaps in time create a song that is on the surface indistinguishable from original, but it would always be a replication, a kind of burlesque. Now, this is the important part. But, by the way, this is completely obvious to everybody who has anything to do with this stuff, but Nick Cave. You deserve the right to say this. Songs arise out of suffering, by which I mean they're predicated upon the complex internal human struggle of creation. And well, as far as I know, algorithms don't feel. Data doesn't suffer. Chat GPT has no inner being. Well, to which I respond, well, duh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It has been nowhere. But people, this is, so the reason people have embraced this and it's gotten a lot of attraction is it's like um it's like uh, an anthem for humanity in this world of machines john henry yeah i'll yeah, sing john a henry. song and beat you yeah. yeah uh it has endured nothing it has had not the, it has not had the audacity to reach beyond its limitations like we do and hence it doesn't have the capacity <laughs> for a shared transcended experience we should get John Perry Barlow's ghost to read this. As yes. it has no limitations from which to transcend chat GPT's melancholy role is, it is destined to imitate and can never have authentic human experience, no matter how devalued and inconsequential the human experience may in time become. Again, wow, you're fighting a fight. <laughs> nobody's trying to fight. Nobody's, nobody's This is, this is why that. they chose you. To make fun of right. through this mechanism because you take yourself too seriously. That's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> Stacy was heading this toward. I think the suits are, really do raise some, a lot of fascinating issues here because you've got Getty mm-hmm. suing um, Stable Diffusion. Yeah, because Stable Diffusion has many, many Getty images in its database, yeah. uh, in, and Getty well, knows this because the watermark is, uh, you know, it's Greeked, but it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's obvious. Uh, but, of course, what's also obvious is all of those images were posted publicly on the Internet. Uh, right. Well, and what if what if Getty, what if I bought a license to Getty and tra- used it to train? Oh, that's interesting. Because cool. well, like, right now license. our IP laws don't have anything saying 
you could do that. I mean, we had an IP change. Uh, we, we rewrote contracts for the Internet, and maybe we need to rewrite our contracts for creating content for a chat GPT error stable diffusion era. Good point. So the line, what is it here? The one where I say it's a point-by-point re- refutal, rebuttal? Thank you, Ant. 82? <laughs> yes. Good point. Um, goes down to exactly what Stacy's saying, is that it raises issues. And the, and the problem is this, the suit says that ChatGPT is a collage. And what this refutation, and it's, it's anonymous, I don't know who did it, um, says is no, that ChatGPT stores no photos. It looks at the this huge scrape of the web and looks at stuff and um, abstracts from it and then uses that abstraction to make stuff. And so copyright just doesn't isn't built for this, to Stacy's point. What Der- derivatives? Yeah. Is it, you know, can you say that? No, no, no. You're not allowed to be inspired by that. No, no, no. I have the right to tell you. I'm Nick Cave, and you cannot be inspired by my song. You cannot do that. Um, I don't know. We lost um, no, I mean, it's, it's, just, like, it's just like obvious. Um, I, yeah. if you, uh, I guess if you post it publicly and you get scraped, I mean, I feel for the artists. I um, On my Google Home device, I have the arts and uh, the Google Arts paintings and stuff on there and there are a lot of classic old paintings rotating through and all of them look like stable diffusion now to me because (laughs) ordinate journey they all have their own aesthetic because they well the re and it isn't their own aesthetic that's the artist's point it's our aesthetic Uh, and uh and yeah uh all of this is the problem with all ai it's trained on uh you know data that it gets from somewhere, whether it's face recognition that doesn't have enough people of color in it, uh, or it's using artists' images that it's scraping from the internet, it needs it needs data to do what it does. Um, I be I mean I don't know if it's I mean the courts who knows what the courts are going to do. It's going to depend. They're going to get much. so confused by this. It's going to depend very much so on the points of view the of thing. the judges and juries that get to rule on this. Because so where are these two advisors? So yeah. <laughs> I would say, and China's trying to regulate uh, AI deep fakes. This is, this is absolutely going to be, for the next decade, a big arena of discussion because, uh, you know, we thought, this is funny because we really thought it was going to be biotech, that by now we would be roiled in uh, court cases over genes, patenting genes, you know, modifying genes. Should people be allowed to choose what sex their baby's going to be, let alone how smart they're going to be and what color their eyes are? And we, it didn't happen. It will, I guess, at some point. But this is what happens with new technologies. We have to, as a society, figure out, hmm. What, surprises you. How do we, how, yeah, it surprises you. And now we have to figure out, well, what do we do about it? So, so let me ask you, tech. I just want to say, I want to um, see more bare breasts on Facebook. Oh, see, you, you got away from it, Leo. You got away from it, and then no. you just you couldn't help getting the pedals confused, and you went through another fence. You didn't learn the first time you went through it's the fence. It's Tesla's fault. Um, huh. uh, let me ask you a, a Conservatives question. think ChatGPT has gone woke. Well, I'm sure they can train it to be anti-Semitic soon enough. Oh, oh no yeah. problem. We can do that. I mean, yeah. there is a lot. Of course, I'm not dis- dismissing the issue. There's a larger issue. I mean, this whole issue of 
you know, stochastic parrots. We talked parrots. We yeah, talked about what, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you building it Gubru, Gubru uh, brought this up. Um, um, was more than a year ago uh, now. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you want, if you want to make it better, I, you know, one argument I, I did this just to be provocative on Mastodon. Then you could say that every single book should be in the learning set because books are better than the web. Of course, then then then. Um, Glick went went after me on Mastodon as a result. I'm kind of um, a fan mean, of the idea of letting this, uh, you know, this is my personal opinion. It's going to be a judge's opinion that's going to decide it or a jury's. But my personal opinion is this is so new. This is kind of what you say about the Internet. Yeah, there are hazards, but let's at least let this go and see what let's happens. Let's play it out a little what bit. Comes, let's play what do you out. think about co-pilot? What do you think about code and co-pilot? Is that different from... Being inspired no, by it's exactly the protection. same. Uh, Copilot is more obvious because it's lifting, but again, it's the same issue, which is it's code that is put on GitHub publicly, so mm -hmm. it's it's available to anybody who wants to look at it, and that's all it's doing is scraping that. And yeah, I mean, when you ask uh, Copilot to write some code, it's somebody else's code that it's pasting in there, or something very similar to it. Um, that's how code works. They're smart with. They've done something interesting with ChatGPT. It's more synthetic. I don't think mm -hmm. it's quite as clearly lifted from somebody else. Yes. Now, right. Alex Kantrowitz, and we were trying to get him on Twitter. Unfortunately, he's traveling right now. We'll get him on, and we have him uh, scheduled in a couple of months. But his, you know, he's the guy who does the big technology blog, and his <laughs> he had a very interesting story about getting plagiarized by what turns out to be a substack written by an AI. And he has the quotes to prove it. How close is it? It's 100%. So let me see if I can. <laughs> this is a big the big. Was it ChatGPT or was it? Well, we don't know because. A lesser brand. And by the way, I will also add, I got sucked in by it. I actually bookmarked the, it's a, it's a new substack called The Rationalist. And you might have seen this too. It published a post uh, which with a very, um, I thought, a very uh, provocative title, which caught my eye, The Creator Economy, the top 1% and everyone else. The Creator Economy's middle-class myth, why only the top echelon of online creators are able to make a living. I bookmarked this. I bookmarked passages from it. I was going to talk about it on this show until... <laughs> we could get into an argument about that. Until... <laughs> I saw Alex's post in which he said over the weekend, a new Substack called The Rationalist lifted analysis and writing directly from big technology. It plagiarized a post on the creator economy, which we'd covered days prior. But here's why I saw the fake post. It went viral. It hit the front page of Hacker News, sparked a conversation. Do we know it was made by AI or just a bad plagiarist? Well, I think Alex... So what made the case of the, this is from Alex's blog post, what made the, or the Substack post, what made the case of the rationalist particularly striking, though, was its author, an avatar by the name of Petra, admitted they'd used AI tools to produce the story, including those from OpenAI, Jasper, and Hugging Face. They said, it said, or the human behind it said, well, I, English is not my native language. So I asked these tools to help me translate what I was saying. But if you re so here's the quote, for instance, from Big Technology, from Alex's story. With the days of zero interest rate froth ending, the investments are becoming more difficult to justify. Two days later, the rationalist wrote, with the end of zero interest rate froth, 
those investments are becoming more difficult to justify. I think that's 100% plagiarized. It's yeah. slightly paraphrased. In fact, it's almost so bad it looks human. Aha. Online content creation, writes Alex, is still mostly viable for the very top echelon of online creators. The rationalist said only the top echelon of creators are able to make a viable income. That's a little bit better paraphrase. Honestly, the, the, the AI did a better job of link baiting me. I didn't see. I subscribed to Alex's newsletter, I did, but I didn't. I, I would have done Mark the same thing. These damned <laughs> algorithms. I totally clicked on that article and read it. Just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a great headline. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Alex was pissed, uh, but he, but as usual with Alex, he's not taking it personally. He's really writing about you know what. Well, this is an issue. Given the rationalist success, he writes more advanced efforts to copy and remix others' work with AI will likely take place. It should be easy to improve. The rationalist was sloppy, lifting clauses word for word, but as publications with similar intent refine their systems, and I think we're getting close to that already, they'll be able to remove all traces of the original writing, for which you could substitute painting, and just pass along the ideas, and it shouldn't be hard to automate either. Imagine, I'm betting this was more human than machine, and the, but but the point stands that the machine will do a better job of it. Yeah. Imagine it will, it will. AI remixing, he says, the Financial Times' 10 most read stories of the day or the information's VC coverage and making the reporting available without a paywall. Uh, he also reminds us that, mm -hmm. that we talked about this last week, and actually I had the editor-in-chief of CNET on, on Sunday and asked her about it. AI is already writing stories, fresh stories, for CNET, 75 stories for their personal finance right. uh, section. She had, Connie uh, Goyama was on the show and I asked her about it and she said, well, you know, she wrote a blog post about it. She said, uh, there are a lot of stories real reporters don't want to write because they're so boring and dull and mundane. True. Uh, so uh, what we did is we had an AI write them, then had a human review it for factual uh, content and to to rewrite it so it's better written well this is the fascinating thing around education now where where at nyc public schools we talked about last week uh outlawed and others are trying to outlaw it but the smart educators are saying turn out the ai stuff and then have the students judge it and grade it and 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 that's smarter jessica lesson ceo of the information said told alex are, by the way, note that I am quoting Alex's stuff verbatim, but I am giving him credit. That's what. Yes. But this this is how we make a living: is we take. I don't do any uh, enterprise reporting. We we take other people's reporting and we comment. Thank you, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I don't. Uh, Jessica says our competitors rip us off all the time. Essentially, remixing stuff and sharing. The information subscribers are smart to get it from the source, but I'm watching all this with fascination, of course. Um, I am sure Alex and Jessica, both of whom have been on Twit, know what we do and understand. And I always attend. Oh, you're promoting them. It's just like, it's like, it's like the Google and Facebook. You're promoting them. them. And yeah. I hope, I, I mean, I subscribe to both and I hope that others do and read the original. But we are commenting on it. We're kind of yes. at, we're glossing what they wrote. You, you I mean, yeah, insight. that's like TV news. As a, oh, yeah. but as oh, a, yeah. as a written site, like there is a vast difference between, like at like GigaOM, for example. I would usually like do a link to somebody's reporting in a quick insight, and then I'd go off and do like if you're writing three to five stories a day, you can't 
do original reporting on all five. It's not possible. Um, but I still think you should still do some of your own original reporting. Um, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a, uh, that's not what I do. Well, no, so. but you do have people. I mean, so your value that you do is you test things out. So you play with devices and you figure out like when it may not be on this show, for example, but you have shows where you've done what I think yeah. of as reporting. Yeah. yeah, but mostly what I bring to the table is years of experience doing that. Experience and perspective. Yeah. Attaching that on top of other people's work. Should I stop doing what I'm doing? You think it's explain immoral? No, no. I don't think it's it. immoral. No, you're I mean, you're quoting other people. I got a book coming out. I need the show to be around till it comes out. <laughs> you see, he's the and algorithm. Your audience. I'm, I I'm wanna, capitalist. You know those ads where uh, the guy plays mayhem, and uh, yes, and he. Love those I love those. They're on football. That's why you guys don't see him probably. Oh. Uh, and uh, and he's like he's like a mouse running around the house, causing you to jump and scream and knock over the Christmas tree and cause a fire. Or oh, that guy, the the insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, for, yeah. Is it Progressive? I don't even Progressive. Know what, I don't even know what the insurance company is because the ads are too good. I don't pay any attention. <laughs> but I think somebody should do algorithm. And go around and, oh. and, and cause havoc and mayhem. Uh, maybe we can get that guy to do it. He's very good as mayhem. Maybe we can. He's very, he, was, he was Tina Fey's boyfriend on 30 Rock. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, really? Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. He was Dennis. Well, was his name Dennis? Dennis, I think so, yeah. Well, so, Leo, are you scared of what Reed Hoffman demonstrated uh, this week? I don't. I think it's wrong what Ree Hoffman did, but all right, well, let's talk about that. I was going to suggest. I was going to suggest we try to do it on this show. <laughs> no. He beat us to it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, others have done this too. In fact, we it's, even, a, it's a gimmick. It's a we gimmick. played. Uh, I think on this show a podcast featuring Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs that was generated by uh, AI. Well, that was trying to fake you out that they were them, whereas Reed is talking to ChatGPT as Chat as a guest. Well, it wasn't though. I mean, that that the people who do that podcast, the whole podcast is generated and they say it's generated and these are generated voices. See, this is this is where it's really going to get weird when you get good enough to create the content artificially and make it sound real or even in time look real so that you could be watching a show like this and not know if it's a human right. doing it. Right. Uh, well, what Reed was doing was trying to interview the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Reed, Reed Hoffman is the founder of Netflix, who's now an investor. No, not Netflix. Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, sorry. I confuse him with Reed Hastings, who was the founder Hastings, of, yeah. of, of uh, Netflix. Yeah, he's LinkedIn founder, who's now a VC at Greylock. And the Greylock uh, Gray Matter podcast is an interview with ChatGPT. It's a gimmick. I mean, I would. It's a gimmick. Yeah. He, 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 he asked the question. It came back. He used artificial voice to come back and turn it into what sounded like a podcast. Yeah. Let's start with talking about the Turing test, says Reed. Perhaps you can kick us off with a description and then the well, you want to listen to, listen to it? Should I play a little bit of it? The voices? I think, I'll, bit, just I think, the voices think Reed like. will take us down? I don't know. Let me no. skip it. ...and identify patterns and correlations that may not so, be immediately apparent hope, to humans, which can help to drive new insights and discoveries. Is that Uncanny Valley? AI can also be used to develop and test hypotheses and models and to optimize and improve existing That's not bad. I'm going to guess that uh, Greylock has an investment in the technology used to create that voice. I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's why I don't listen to podcasts from venture capital companies. <laughs> <laughs> they often have a hidden agenda. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a gimmicky kind of thing. I wouldn't do it. But uh, no. we spent a lot of time 
make you know reading poems written by Chappie GPT and stuff. It's very interesting. It was I, fun for I'm, a while. I actually asked this on Windows Weekly earlier, and I'm wondering what you guys think. We've been talking a lot about oh, it's going to, and I've been saying it's a paradigm shift. We're at an inflection point. It's the Cambrian, uh, rev, uh, you know, revolution of AI. Suddenly, you see you know art and and text being written very credibly by AI. You know, suddenly we're having this turn, and and I've been saying that, but I'm also thinking it could be just another AI winter. We're just heading into blithely. It's happened before. Remember, we thought. Cars would be able to drive themselves by now, and they can't, as Stacy has proven. Uh, <laughs> what do you th What do you think, Stacy? Are are is is this a turning point in AI, or is this just a gimmick, a, a, a magic trick? A, I'm uh, having the biggest allergy first. sneeze attack. So that's like, why. I, that's why. I, yeah. Um. No, I think this is legit and real kind of like how we had this burst of innovation after 2012 when we finally managed to create viable image search i i think this sort of thing it's easier than self-driving for one thing so i think this is real i think we're going to see a lot more benefits from it and i do think it's going to be I'll call it sudden because I think it's going to be sudden compared to like the launch of the printing press, for example. But like, I think in the next five years, we're going to see some real shifts in the type of content and the business models around content creation. Mm -hmm. Did you say Gutenberg? I did. I, I did. Well, I, I just talked about the printing press, but yes, yes Gutenberg. Yes. Well, please. I didn't want people to do shots. Say I'm, the printing I'm rude. Press. I know. <laughs> Take a drink. I want a drink. Right. Yeah, I think I think I think Stacy what what the CNET story does <laughs> does it commodify does it the final commodification of content everything's in writing and content are special reporting special to your point but is writing is blathering special no Mandy the clown in chat room sings says and she's right radio is a gimmick until it wasn't mm. yeah 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 true uh, Google and uh, everybody. Uh, kind of going all in. Microsoft's uh, rumored to be putting $10 billion into uh, open AI. Satya Nadella uh, speaking at, it might have been Davos, somewhere like Davos, uh, admitting, yeah, he didn't say the $10 billion number, but he said, yeah, we absolutely want to start incorporating artificial intelligence into all of our products. Oh, they're going to add it into Azure. Azure? Azure. Azure. And, Azure and also into open, into Office, rather. Microsoft 365. Mm -hmm. Here's Google's blog post. Why we focus on AI and to what end? Oh, it's new. I mean, I would love a chat GPT auto response that's polite to emails that I could just be like, boom. I mean, I have talked about my I wanted a macro for I will honor the embargo, but like, mm, I don't cover this. I don't care. Or, yeah, let's go schedule this. I like have it. this post uh, This post from um, James... Manika, who's the Senior Vice President for Technology and Society, uh, you know, is pretty thoughtful. They say, we believe that AI is a foundational and transformational technology that will provide compelling and helpful benefits to people in society through its capacity to assist, complement, empower, and inspire people in almost every field of human endeavor. I would like to point out Google's very good at um, taking its money-making efforts and making them good for people. It has the potential to contribute to tackling some of society's most pressing challenges and opportunities from the everyday 
to the more creative and imaginative. At the same time, we understand that AI, as a still emerging technology, poses various and evolving complexities and risks. This is uh, this is what a high schooler would write when asked about yeah. did slavery cause maybe, the civil maybe war? I wrote it. Yeah, our development use of AI must address these risks. That's why we, as a company, consider it an imperative to pursue AI responsibly. We're committed to leading and setting the standard in developing and shipping useful and beneficial applications, applying ethical principles grounded in human values, and evolving our approaches as we learn from research experience users in the wider community. We believe in getting AI right. This is appropriate that this is what they would say. It's not. So the White House, remember, a few weeks ago, put out a, a, a white paper on principles for AI, ethical AI. Uh, five simple principles. Safe and effective systems, protection from algorithmic discrimination and inequitable systems, protection from abusive data practices and agency about how personal data is used, knowledge of when automated system is used, understanding of its impact. That's very important. Ability to opt out of the automated system and for a human alternative. Could you, and and you. Are, could you make a law and should you make a law that's, that says uh, you must disclose when AI is used? Well, I used it in spell checker. I used it in translate. Do I, where is the line? Oh, that's you, a good what does point. use mean? Good point. I do think having a human in the mix is key because as we've seen in all of these things, it gets, it doesn't, it doesn't capture everything and people do get screwed over. And you look at things like loan uh, approvals. You can look at even mm -hmm. things like parole there. I can't remember what state it was, but the judges didn't have the ability to overturn bail for the AI generated bail. So even if they looked at the situation, we're like, mm, this is not right, or this might be kind of racist. Uh, the judges had no options. So I, I think making sure that you can bring a human in is essential for something like this, especially when it's still so new. But Stacy, Google search is an AI. Are you going to get on the phone and call somebody and say, no, no, I didn't like this result. Can you send me okay, uh, so then, Joe? Then I want to talk to Joe. No, then we think about the impact. So maybe it is only when it deals with dollar amounts, maybe? Dollar amounts over a certain amount? Because, I mean, I think about things like, I mean, there's medical care. There's AI that says, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you shouldn't be screened for breast cancer when maybe you should. Or right. maybe, I mean, well, that was my thing. I think that that's why I thought that opportunity to argue. That's why I thought you should have to disclose it so that you as yeah. a consumer would be able to say, hmm, well, maybe I'll get a second opinion because. But it's going to be so much in everything. That's the problem. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. No. And I see I see that problem. But I'm also like, we've got to figure out then the the way we need to write a law and that's doable to make sure we don't screw people over and not let them have access to a human being in something that's really important hey everybody it's leo laporte the founder and host of many of the twit podcasts i don't normally talk to you about advertising but i want to take a moment to do that right now uh, our mission statement at twit we're dedicated to building a highly engaged community of tech enthusiasts, that's our audience, and you, I guess, since you're listening, by offering them the knowledge they need to understand and use technology in today's world. To do that, we also create partnerships with trusted brands and make important introductions between them and our audience. It's how we finance our podcasts, but it's also, and our audience tells us this all the time, 
a part of the service we offer. It's a valued bit of information for our audience members. They want to know about great brands like yours. So can we help you by introducing you to our highly qualified audience? And boy, you get a lot with advertising on the Twit Podcasts. Partnering with Twit means you're going to get, if I may say so humbly, the gold standard in podcast advertising. And we throw in a lot of valuable services. You get a full service continuity team supporting everything from copywriting to graphic design. I don't think anybody else does this or does this as well as we do. You get ads that are embedded in our content that are unique every time. I read them, our hosts read them. We always over deliver on impressions. And frankly, we're here to talk about your product. So we really give our listeners a great introduction to what you offer. We've got onboarding services, ad tech with pod sites. That's free for direct clients. We give you a lot of reporting so you know who saw your advertisement. You'll even know how many responded by going to your website. We'll also give you courtesy commercials that you can share across social media and landing pages. We think these are really valuable. People like me and our other hosts talking about your product sincerely uh, and informationally. Those are incredibly valuable. You also get other free goodies mentions in our weekly newsletter that's sent out to thousands of fans. We give bonus ads uh, to people who buy a significant amount of advertising. You'll get social media promotion too. But let me tell you, we are looking for an advertising partner that's going to be with us long-term. Visit twit.tv slash advertise. Check out our partner testimonials. Tim Broom, founder of IT Pro TV. They started IT Pro TV in 2013, immediately started advertising with us, and grew that company to a, a really amazing success. Hundreds of thousands of ongoing customers. They've been on our network for more than 10 years, and they say, and I'll quote Tim, we would not be where we are today without the Twit Network. That's just one example. Mark McCrary, who's the CEO of Authentic, uh, he was actually uh, one of the first people to buy ads on our network. He's been with us for 16 years. He said, and I'm quoting, the feedback from many advertisers over those 16 years across a range of product categories is that if ads and podcasts are going to work for a brand, they're going to work on Twitch shows. I'm proud to say that the ads we do over-deliver, they work really well because they're honest they have integrity our audience trusts us and we say this is a great product they believe it they listen our listeners are highly intelligent they're heavily engaged they're tech savvy they're dedicated to our network and that's partly because we only work with high integrity partners that we have thoroughly and personally vetted i approve every single advertiser on the network if you're ready to elevate your brand and you've got a great product, I want you to reach out to us. Advertise at twit.tv. So I want you to break out of the advertising norm, grow your brand with host-read authentic ads on twit.tv. Visit twit.tv slash advertise for more details or email us, advertise at twit.tv if you're ready to launch your campaign now. It, oh, this so is, the what transparency you, is this is what you were talking about. The Nest... The guy who founded Nest with the yeah, with the is, yes Matt Rogers. There are a lot of these. I would do this now. They 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 say it's thirty three bucks a month. They take your scraps and feed them to chickens after composting. Them. Well, you've got to mail the. Well, Switch Stacy should explain it better. She knows more than I do. Okay, so this is a Wi Fi connected 
giant compost bin. It looks like a trash can. There、size. are other similar compost bins that deodorize, and then you get a、there、thing、are. that you would then put on your plants or whatever. But it's designed for、yes. your kitchen. This one's a little different. Go ahead, Stacey. So you pay $33 a month and you scrap your food in there. And then the bin, whenever you put food in, it will it dehydrate it, it and shrink. Yeah. Chops it up, dehydrates it, shrinks it down into like pellets that、Desiccated、when that、nothing. gets full, it will signal, it will generate a box sent to your home. You pack those pellets or powder or whatever it is in the box and then you ship it out to somebody who feeds it to chickens.、Um, you would really do, talk to me about why you would do this. Does, this is not a product that would be great for me, but I'm curious. In like, California, how- they passed a bill. Uh, was signed into law and it took effect, I think, first of the year that you have to compost. Everybody has to compost. So we got an extra bin. It's free. It's not, we only、mm-hmm. pay for trash that goes to the landfill. Recycling, we don't pay for. So we have a,、oh. we have two new bins. We have a green recycling bin for yard waste and stuff. We can throw food waste into that. And then we have another bin we could also throw into for composting. They take it. So we separate our food scraps out. It's a little messy because. A little smelly, you right? Can't, it's a little smelly, well, a little messy. But, you know, we, every day we take the compost out of the house and put it in the bin outside where it is. We、mm-hmm. put the bin far from the, ripe, the、yeah. door. It's a little ripe. But then they take it and they use it. And I don't get charged for it, but the, I presume that it's being used appropriately in giant. Compost heaps somewhere. So we get charged. We compost too. We are charged、um, $12 or $10 a month for our compost. And we, we also have a little bin by our sink. And then we, when that gets full, we empty it out into the big bin. Because it's cold here, we don't really worry so much about t h a t Yeah, it's, it's better when it's、like、cold. Yeah. Yeah. But, but this, this, this new thing would, would deal with that, right? It, it reduces yeah, the volume it- and smell and all that. And you wouldn't have to put it outside. Now, our compost bin also takes like leaf litter and、yeah. it's not just food, and it takes things like paper towels.、Yep. I don't think this. We put our paper towels in there in this one, too. Yeah. So I'm having Matt come on the show next week. So he'll be our guest. You and can、oh. look forward to us next week. Because、yeah. I have a lot of, like, I think it's an interesting idea. I don't think the consumer market, I mean, I think there's a small segment of the consumer market that would pay $33 a month for this. I question the environmental benefits because, you know, you've got a truck coming to pick your box. That's of true, right? Pellets up. In, in California, it's against the law to throw food scraps into the garbage. First offense fine is $50 to $100. Third offense and subsequent offense is $500. Uh, they're pretty serious about it. I think a lot of people don't do it. And I, I doubt our police officers are going around looking in our garbage.、No. But I don't. They were, you don't do it? Are you ready for that big fine? I'm, I'm, the whole garbage thing and the recycling stuff, I'll just be frank. It seems like a really big racket out here、um, with the recycling. I remember when we first got here and we were told the whole rules of recycling. And apparently, I could never get it right. Because they would not empty. They would no, they'll empty put a little. Because, they'll look in, they'll put a notice in there and say, What are you putting lumber in the yard waste for? Things like that. Yeah. And I'm like, Well, and they, they hand me a sheet and I'd read the sheet and. It's not that I, hard, Ann. I swear, Ann. I'm, 
I swear I'm following it word Ant for word. Ant doesn't do woke garbage. You should, you you should send him a garbage. note saying, I'm from North Karakalaki. We don't do yeah. this. We burned <laughs> it in the it backyard. Was it was like, you can recycle this, but you can't recycle that. And I'm like, well, most people would recycle this as well as recycle that. The thing that, that makes me and, a little well, angry. And then the whole washing this and washing that. Yeah, you and have then to it's wash like stuff you're, out. You're yeah. wasting so much water washing this out, even though we're in a drought all the daggum time over here. Yeah, I had issues with all of this trash stuff over here in Sonoma County. Oh, we do it religiously, Aunt Lisa is uh, is absolutely adamant about that. We we were we we separate everything out. We wash it out. We don't. We try not to wash it with a lot of water. Yeah, but I mean, we're trying to do our 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 good our good deed. I recycle things, but man, you you know what look, bothers me? And actually, I have a friend who's on the commission for Petaluma re- garbage. Garbage, yeah. And I and I asked her to look into it because they say we will take plastic bottles. And as far as I know, that's just a lie from the plastic industry that right. 90% of plastic is not recyclable. Well, different municipalities have different uh, vendors that they use. And vendors can change their uh, policies, especially they, when they China stopped accepting everybody's. Yeah, they claim they recycle it. Well, Europe has um, now so just some- passed a law saying you can't have recycling um, imperialism. You can't export <laughs> the problem. No, that's right. Make little Chinese children burn your garbage. Exactly. It's not okay. Right. Exactly. I right. agree. So I would, so, I mean, and I would say coming from North Carolina, the South is not very progressive in terms oh, no. of its recycling. I, I, so, know that, I know that hands down. California's <laughs> got... I, mean, I, I think we're even if we don't like it, we're going to end up doing more of it. And- but that's the thing. I do try. I mean, we, we do make an effort. But when I first got here, it seems like for the longest time I was not doing it. You have to properly. learn it's how to do it. Good and get used that, to it. It's not easy. And I it's understand. good that they're telling you that they won't accept it because if you put bad stuff like yeah. crappy trash in, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it contaminates the whole yeah like load. Yeah. So it's actually probably a good indicator that they're very serious about recycling as much as they can. We have and the other issue taped on Lisa called them and got them to send it. We have taped on our refrigerator all of the exact list of what they take and don't take and what thing. They yeah, put I, in had and all that. I had done that too. Yeah, you have to because <laughs> it's complicated. Thing. I put it right there on yeah. the wall where we have the bin. And I also had it outside on the bin outside. But they say they take safe. plastic bottles, which as far as I know, I mean, they put, you know, the plastic industry loves to pretend it's recyclable. They put the little symbol on it and stuff. But nobody, as far as I know, recycles. But apparently ones maybe and there twos are, are like the only things hard that, plastic that was recycled. Yeah, the one yeah. and two plastic are the only ones our place will recycle now. They make benches oh. out of it and stuff. Well, that's, that's what they do with the, um, you know, the, 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 the bags. Uh, but, you know, the real issue that's raised here by... Stacy's upcoming guest is food is the is the sin of food waste in this country. Yeah, and this yeah. doesn't make and me this feel doesn't better solve about that. Well, he claims it does in this article with CNBC. Mill now makes How it easy it for people that? to get rid of food waste and reduce their carbon footprint by by feeding it to chickens. And yeah, you don't have to worry I mean, about it does. Food waste, not in his house. I mean, yeah, if I had, <laughs> I eat my food waste. <laughs> I eat my, and I tell you one thing. Everybody in this house, they they better not have a problem with leftovers. We eat every day. Yeah, we eat all our leftovers cook. too. Yeah, we not try to, but nothing. it's not just leftovers. I mean, it's like you know, you. I know, like when I got sick, for example, when we all had the flu, none of us wanted to eat like whatever we had in the yeah, fridge. Stuff wasted, it goes bad. And yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, 
oh, maybe I, now I know what my thing will be this week. Okay, for all you oh, Californians. Good. good. Well, I can't wait to hear your interview with Matt because I, I really, uh, yeah, I would get this. Indeed. I would even pay 33 bucks a month if I thought it helped the world because I care. And if it reduced the, the cheesy smell out in your driveway. It it is it's very cheesy. It is a little stinky. It is not cheesy. It is gross. Well, like 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 blue cheesy. Nah, it's I like more blue like, cheese. It's it yeah. smells like um something died. You know, bad spinach. <laughs> it's it's real gross. It smells like teen that's spirit. That's more. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're done. Oh wait a minute, we didn't do the change log. Play that. We uh, log, yeah, sir. we have one. Yeah, yeah. Play that uh, whatever thing. Change log. There's not much. This will be quick. Benito's like, are you doing a change log? <laughs> the Google change log. Boom, boom, boom. YouTube is testing a hub, a hub of free cable style channels. Everybody, it's so funny. We got, you know... We we wanted disaggregation, and now we're just aggregating it all right back up again. Funny how that works. Yeah. Company is reportedly in talks with media companies to feature their shows and movies. Free V is the hot thing, right? Amazon had Free V. There's Roku TV. Fox has Tubi. Paramount has Pluto TV. Uh, and now YouTube wants to have its ad-supported free TV Channels. The service is said to have Team Cornino and Gadget teamed up with the likes of Lionsgate, A and E, and FilmRise. YouTube already offers uh, ad-supported movies. You've probably seen that, but this would give you even more um, with channels. Like there'll be, uh, you know, Doctor Who, South Park, Frasier. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, did I say YouTube TV? It's not their YouTube TV service. It's YouTube itself. It's YouTube, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the difference. Your Google Stadia controller, we mentioned this last week, but I'll mention it again. As of today, Stadia is no more, but your controller is still usable if you download the tool that turns it into a Bluetooth controller. The last day for Stadia. They also released a, a, a snake game <laughs> called, <laughs> called Worm Game that you can play uh, even without Stadia. Most Stadia dies, but snake lives on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> most, uh, most of the games on Stadia apparently have, uh, given you a way to cross save, migrate your characters and your saves to, uh, another platform. You probably should do that. Um, but today's the last day. Stadia is done. Done, done, done. The Google Home app's new TV remote adds. Volume and play controls. Gee, seems, seems like that's something a remote should have. You can, what? It is new. That's new. That's, that's, that's new. change log worthy. It, yeah. It apparently didn't have volume or play controls. I don't know what it was controlling at all. Um, it's just for Google TV. So you have to use those like TVs, I guess, that have... Google TV. That's just silly. By now, you've already <laughs> given up trying to use that remote. I'm almost certain. Right. Because it doesn't yeah, do anything. It doesn't do anything. Google is getting in on the AirTag business. Actually, I don't know how good this is for Apple. Apple sells these AirTags that are trackers. I put one in my luggage. I put one in my keys. 
Google uh, says that they are going to, well, actually, I shouldn't say Google says it. A Android researcher, Kuba Wojcikowski, has spotted code for a Google Bluetooth tracker, tra uh, a tracker code named Grogu. Grogu. Is this a Mandalorian character? Grogu. Grogu. It's Grogu. the name of the child. Is that the baby uh, weasel? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a weasel, right? Yoda's a weasel, isn't he? Uh, Grogu. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, Wojciechowski found references that check nearly every major box you would want on a Bluetooth tracker. It has a speaker, UWB compatibility, so you can aim your phone and figure out where stuff is. Sports Bluetooth LE being built by the Nest team. They're going to face a lot of the same uh, criticisms Apple got for its AirTag because people were using it to stalk uh, X's and so forth. Uh, one of the regulars who's uh, on our um, All About Android show, uh, Michelle Rahman, uh, also has posted recently about a locator tag option in Google's Fast Pair Developer console. Michelle's very good at finding this stuff. So well, there's clearly. more Androids out there than iPhones, right? I mean, exactly. Uh, well, worldwide, it's a vast, you know, market share. So, yeah, this will be interesting. They, w I will be very curious. One of the reasons the Apple AirTag works so well is there are a lot of iPhones in the U.S. Anyway, there are a lot of iPhones. So everywhere I go, uh, if an iPhone sees this, it can phone home. It could say, "Oh, uh, you know, I can I can go onto my iPhone. I can say, where's my AirTag?'" And so is that doing that constantly, Leo? Yeah. Is it? Is it? So uh, why is there not? So talk to me about the privacy pieces of this, the surveillance. Well, Apple one, put a lot of features in to say to keep. Um, well, first of all, the government can't see it. Only I can see it. And when another phone sees this, it is not identified as mine. It's it's it. it they have a system. I think a very good system of relaying that information back to me without completely anonymously. Uh, I put them in but my... But couldn't the government subpoena that? That linkage? Well, yeah, but they, my phone also is following me around. I mean, it's not like... Mm -hmm. It's not like they don't... And it isn't where I am, by the way. It is wherever I've attached it. So I, for instance, whenever I travel, I have one in my luggage. And we've seen many stories of people who, uh, you know, there was a guy, Delta Airlines said, yeah, you're, we don't know where your bag is. And he says, well, I do. It's actually in London. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> and, uh, so there've been a lot of stories like that. I do keep one in my bag. I keep one of my keys more for me because that's the one thing I, you know, I have to leave. The but house if you are, that's a murder mystery here. You're, you're a murderer. You turned your phone off so you don't get tracked, but you forgot you carry the tag with you. <laughs> your keys are with you. Yeah, right. Well, that, then that could be. That people could be, are seem to be much more worried about the fact that I could snick, slip this snick into, this into a somebody's pocket, girlfriend, right. and follow her home, and that has yes. happened. Uh, it ignores the fact that there are already GPS trackers that are actually much better at doing that that are not very expensive, in fact, less than an AirTag. Right. But Apple's right. done a lot of things. For instance, if you're being followed around by an AirTag that's not yours, if you have an iPhone, the iPhone will say, "I see a foreign AirTag following us." You know, is that yours? And if you, this is the problem. If you don't have an iPhone, there is a app you have to install on your Android phone, which works kind of not so great. That'll do the same thing. So you, you'd, but you'd have to remember to run that app and all that. Google's going to run into these same problems. It'll be interesting to see how yeah. Google handles this. I think Apple's handled it as well as you can. Uh, and, it. and it's safe to say Google is just going to try to follow the same suit, right? I mean, they both sort yeah. of 
borrow from each other yeah. features and, and, and ideas. Uh, from now, it's time for Scooter X's change log because he's much better at finding stuff than I am. He's way better. Google Translate now supports thirty-three <laughs> new you, languages, and it does it offline. Look at these. Chich wow, Scooter X Chichawa. has like forty things here. I know he's really good. Basque, Frisian, Hawaiian, Hmong, Igbo, Javanese, Khmer. Wow, I mean the languages of the world. Zulu, Yoruba, Yiddish, Weaker. All of which Osa. is AI you're using. You didn't hear me, my excellent pronunciation. Osa. Oh. Hosa. <laughs> Hosa. There are only 24 languages in the repertoire that do not yet support offline. But they're working on it. That's impressive. Fitbit step and heart rate data is appearing now in Google Fit. Good news. Remember, Google bought Fitbit, uh, but now they're able to get it into the Google Fit tracker. Digital well-being preps focus mode holidays and removes work on live paper. Don't know what it means, but it's in the changelog. <laughs> <Google mess> <laughs> I'm just reading them now. Google Messages end-to-end -end encryption for group chats is currently limited to 21 people. Our car dealership lost our keys. Oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> I should just read the chat someday. Just You're way too fast for us. Yeah. Scooter X. Clear way calling on the Pixel 7 is like noise cancellation for hard-to-hear phone calls. Chrome OS 109 is rolling out with a tweak to how Android apps launch. Now Scooter X is like challenged. He's going to start cranking them out big time. Google's bringing, no. <laughs> Google's, Google's bringing new features to older versions of Android. Android Auto Redesign rolling out draggable Seekbar music apps. Google Discover rolls out three-column UI ahead of Pixel tablet. Android 13 is running on 5.2% of all devices five months after launch. And a story that's not Google, Firefox has found a way to keep ad blockers working with Manifest V3. Remember Google. So Scooter X, do you have do you have this all ready for the show? Just given no, no, this moment. He's just fast. Every week. He's good. He's like Mr. Google. <sighs> Scooter's very yeah, Scooter X is very it's fast. Amazing. Oh, he's I know a, that. I just wow, that was this is Google. The singularity has has like already he's, he's already achieved it. He says I have Google. Scooter X <laughs> is chat GPT. <laughs> I often wonder. And that's <laughs> the Google change log. We're gonna wrap this up before you can come up with some more. <laughs> that was exhausting uh before we get to our picks of the week i just want to give a little plug for our fabulous folks in the club twit i thank you club twit members square x is one of them for supporting everything we do it is very much appreciated stacy had a wonderful book club i hear yeah what happened to you man <laughs> The, my Tesla drove into a fence and I couldn't know. <laughs> no, I, I got up early because I knew it was a nine o'clock thing last Thursday. If you had a cold shower right then, I should have told you that's how it is. I should have. Okay. Because I had a cup of coffee. I, you know, I got geared up for it and I thought, well, I'm just going to lie down and close my eyes for a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> I woke up at 945 and I thought... <laughs> Famous Oops. last words. <laughs> you needed the Leo wake-up call. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, but it's time to wake up and smell the roses. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Did it go well? Did you have a good time? Um, yeah. We, right. I mean, we had fun, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah? I love that book. I would have loved to have participated. Have you selected a new book yet for the club? I've, Not yet. We have the our... vote closes. Um 
I think the vote closes next Wednesday. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I have to look. oh what are the candidate dates? Oh, there, let me go. go I'll go to, <laughs> if I, I go like, to uh, uh, book book club uh, in our book club poll for our next read, the school for good mothers, the sea of tranquility, or tell me That's an ending. Be yeah. Um, you want to talk sea about of tranquility those? is the most literary um, and it's really good. Um, it's about time travel in space. Um, never read any of these. School for Good Mothers is AI, and it actually ties into should there be a human in the loop when AI is making mm. decisions about people, in this case, oh. moms. Um, and then the the Tell Me an Ending is... Black Mirror meets Severance in this thrilling, That's speculative yeah, you, novel about a tech company that deletes unwanted memories. The consequences yes. for those forced to deal with what they tried to forget. And the doctor who seeks to protect her patients from further harm. Joe Harkin, the author of that, tell me an ending. School for Good Mothers is by Jessamine Chan. And uh, Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. She's the one who did, uh, what's it called? Station Eleven. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> nice. I don't know. Nice. I have no brain. So if you are in the club and you participate in the book club, you can go to book club in our Twit club and vote because there's only a few days left. The uh, rerun of the Project Hail Mary uh, Twit book club, Stacy's book club show that I missed is available in the Twit Plus feed. That's by the way, this is all benefits to members of the club, and I really encourage you to join. Seven bucks a month, and we we really thank you, Aunt and Stacy, and everybody who bends over backwards to put some really great stuff together. Some really good programming for the club. You get all of the shows ad free. You get the twi uh, shows on Twit Plus plus shows that we don't put out in public, like Hands on Macintosh, Hands on Windows, on Ted Linux show. You also get these special events tomorrow. Four o'clock, Lisa and I will do another inside twit. We haven't done one in a year or two, so that'll be fun. When to Dow will do one in February 9th. Only for club members. Only for club members. Only and I'm very members. excited. Daniel Suarez will be joining us to talk about his new book, Critical Mass, which is all I just I love his stuff. Yeah, he's gonna be great. So he'll so the way that's gonna work, we're gonna do it in the club. But a portion of it will appear on the Ask the Tech Guys show, and then the full interview will be available as a triangulation show. So everybody will get to hear that interview. But if you want to ask Daniel questions, we're going to have a Q&A in the club. Samable Samit is doing a uh, AMA on March 2nd, just added. Thank you, Ant. Ant's doing My a pleasure. great job. Yeah, really great. Seven bucks a month gets you all of that, plus the Discord. And we have great conversations in the uh, Discord I hang out in the coding section. We have lovely little back and forths in the coding section. Uh, we also uh, have a Let's Play section. We have a, a couple of really interesting Minecraft servers. You have to be a member to join. So, uh, again, I think there's some real benefits for your $7, and it really helps us. You know, someday I would love it if it would, if just the club was it. You know, that was that was the whole kit and caboodle. Um we're not there yet, but... Uh, no ads, no algorithms. No algorithms, no ads, just content. The algorithm would, would, algorithm would be whatever the club wants to do, <laughs> which is not right. so bad. Um, go to twit.tv slash club twit if you're not yet a member and, and join the fun. It's a great group of wonderful people.
Stacy, you said earlier, oh, I have something to talk about. What is your thing this week? Well, I have two. One's really easy, though. One, since you mentioned composting, and since we've been composting for four years, since we came here oh, to Washington, where we have wow. to. Been four um, years now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she hardly has any accent left at all. Huh? Yeah, just yesterday you were a Texan. <laughs> talking I'm still a Texan, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, this is the OXO makes a really good compost bin. Oh. Um, the reason I like it, there's... And I'll just tell you all about it. It's really smooth on the inside, so it's very easy to wash, um, which is important in a compost bin. And it's small, so it'll it's big enough for like I actually one ha- meal prep. I actually worth of have things. this. <laughs> yeah, Do you, I mean, the one downside I will say is when you've got something yucky on the bottom and it's stuck, and you whack it against your big bin, that lid might fall off. So just be aware of that. But everything oh, no. else about it is lovely. Into all the goo. Oh, no. It's very yeah, small. That's why I, I have I haven't been able to get anybody to use it. Oh, I love and that's this where one. you and throw your food scraps, your right? Yeah, that's yeah, the idea. The food and it, it seals towels. so you don't smell it, and then you empty it. You have to empty it every day because it's small, but it should be small. You want to yeah. empty it every day. Yeah, you don't want to keep a big compost. I mean, no. yeah. I know it's kind of inconvenient, but you want it small enough, like big enough to hold a full meals prep, but not too big because then it just sits yeah. there. Anyway, so that's Do you that. line it or you just put stuff in there? You don't you don't line it. No, it's so smooth. It's it's so easy to clean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we wash it out like maybe once or once a week oh, or so. Right. I think I got the too. bigger I got this one was three quarters of a gallon. I think I got the little bit bigger. Yeah, this is the one I got. One one point oh, seven five a, gallons. Yeah, that was too big for my counter. Yeah. And we're we're a small family. Like if you if you make a lot like We're a small again, family. We're the same number. Three people. So we should probably okay, use that if I can get people to use it. Because right now we put it in the regular garbage and it gets soggy and we line it with the plastic thing, but we can't throw the plastic thing in the compost. It's kind of not a good yeah, that sounds. They won't let us put any, even though there's, you know, compostable bags or anything, they won't let us put those in the compost. It has to just be food, hmm. food and nothing else. Okay. Wow. But See, my actual thing either. that I had planned was because Kevin did a review on this because his wife bought this and Barb does not buy anything that's smart. It's a smart kettle. And I never wait, even. Wait. I mean, that makes it sound like she only buys. I only buy dumb things. No, she just. Anything that's connected. Barb is no, like. She only buys terminals. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this kettle? This is the Govi smart kettle. And I don't know if I would have chosen the Govi just because it is a Chinese company. Um. They do have good privacy policies. I don't know about oh, their- this. Wait, wait, wait. What could they know about policies. your tea? Well, it's on your network. I'm less it's, concerned about the privacy policy. And more, well, and also security is really the big issue. Anytime you put yeah. anything on your on your Wi-Fi, yeah, yeah, it has so the great pour over uh, kettle uh, spout, though. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it has that gooseneck <laughs> spout. Yeah, but this is I I want this. You can tell Amazon or Google. Power on the kettle oh. to like whatever temperature you want, and it'll just. You can also remotely start it from the app, but who wants to open an app to start? So you just want to make sure there's always water in it, obviously. But yes, it's induction, so, so it won't burn or anything. Yes, and apparently Kevin didn't. He tried to. He said his turned on when there was no water in it, but 
Govi says that it won't stay on. So yeah, Kevin may not have tried right. for long enough. Yeah. So does it not boil over as well? Because that's my problem with my gooseneck. Sometimes I forget a few well, minutes. There's like, a max oh, yeah, fill line, boiling. and you don't want to fill over the max. And it fill will turn line. itself off when it boils. It doesn't. Over, yeah. It doesn't continue to boil. That's okay. the beauty of this. But ours, you know, we have a Breville kettle. It's not online, but it does all yeah. of that. But the one thing it doesn't do is turn on when you're in bed. You have to get up. And well, and yeah, Kevin created a good morning routine. <gasps> and now as part of that, it, tur- it turns the kettle on to heat the water, which. Did he write also it in part Python? Of his ice shower. Yeah, Leo ice wakes shower. you up and tells you that the tea is on. Good morning, sir. The tea is on. The world is fresh and bright. Your cold shower is Your ready cold for you. Shower I need a <laughs> I, I need a and the price for this is well, Barb got it for sixty five. I think it's on sale most of the time. It's like seventy dollars. It's eighty dollars, but I see a fifteen dollar coupon on my Amazon. Yeah. So I think you could get it for what Barb got it for. Sixty five. Yeah. Nice. The Govi Smart Electric Kel. Mr. I Jeff think it's Char- a, Fellows okay. makes. Oh, sorry. I oh. was going to say, I think it's a knockoff of the Fellows kettle, which oh. is like 165. Oh. So there you go. Nice. Govi makes life smarter. Okay. They make a lot of knockoffs. Oh, really? They're the, they're the oh, kings yeah. of. They, they, they have an electric space heater, smart humidifiers. Their lights are like all. all their smart lights are like straight up hue replicas. Oh, wow. China. Amazing. Oh, China. Oh, they're amazing. Mr. Jeff Jarvis, give us a number. So um, I, I just today I got the um, typeset version of the book. I now get to spend my weekend reading my words again and again and again. And you know how much I love serifs. We talked about this. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's kind too of, bright. You know, I can't. Yeah. Don't, right. Don't. So we, I love serifs. I use the, the Dove's font and the Saban font from here with advice. Glenn Fleischman. I think for books, um, I think you should have a serif font. I, do. I think you should. Yeah. But the State Department has just fa- is going to phase out Times Roman <gasps> in favor of the serifless Calabri fourteen point, it's and it's a good thing. Serif. Well, I don't know. About <laughs> I know that. it's because it's for accessibility. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Secretary Blinken sent a cable. They're still sending cables. Sent a cable to, <laughs> to all embassies today, directing staff not to send him any more papers with Times New Roman. The subject, the Times New Roman are a changing. <laughs> they want you to use Calibri, which used to be a cigarette lighter, but I guess now it's a sans serif font in 14 point. There is actually a new font designed... By the Braille oh, Institute. Oh, the, oh, oh. To be more legible for people with low vision. Um, and actually, I bookmarked it because I'm a font like you, like Glenn oh, Fleischman. I'm kind of a typeface guy. I like to collect typefaces. Let me see if I bookmarked it so I could uh, download it There's also it one later. that's being recommended for the dyslexic. Yeah, there's does there. And I don't like that one because it's, it's very much modified. It's for yeah. dyslexic people but i think let me see the the braille institute font actually is very usable they recommend it for websites and and, and others uh because uh it's called the atkinson hyper legible font and it's free uh and they show as an example this is the font above but if you have low vision 
and you, it's very blurry, you still can distinguish, for instance, the one from the capital I, from the lowercase oh, I, from the L. I see. You see, hmm. but it's a you know it's a good font that anybody would use for anything because it's a good sans serif font. But uh, but if you wanted to make it accessible for people with low vision, this uh, Atkinson Hyperlegible is available from the Braille Institute. Four fonts, two weights, 1,340 total glyphs, and accent characters for 27 languages. So that's a good, I think that's a good thing for the Braille Institute to do. So speaking of fonts, Calibri. I don't like Calibri, to be honest. I'm not crazy about it either. Yeah. Isn't it what, does Microsoft use it a lot? Or Yeah, I think it comes with Windows. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a... Uh, Subject we could go on and on about, but programmers collect mono face, mono typeface fonts for their programming, and we all have very strong opinions. I am currently what shocking. programmers shocking. have strong opinions. I, I am currently a fan of Iosevka. <laughs> Don't tell me otherwise, Aunt Pruitt. What's your pick of the week? Oh man! Well, my pick of the week is a book that I've been listening to because I've had a little bit more time since Project Hail Mary was one that I had already read. And uh, <laughs> I'd been off of social media, so I had more time. And I wanted to check out Tom Segura's book, I'd Like to Play Alone, Please. Oh, I like him. He's, He's funny. Very, like very He's funny comedian. Yeah. He tells a bunch of funny stories in here, including his journey to um, being a big stand-up comic now and you know, gives all the details of how he got started and the pain and trauma of that and Funny anecdotes as far as um, how we are as people socially and do some really quirky things and uh, you can turn it into comedy if you, you know, if you want to. This is, but, uh, uh, this is on Audible, so you're listening to him. Let me play a little bit of it so you can hear yep, his voice. Yep, he narrates it. Because you'll know, you'll know when you hear his voice. We have different middle names. Maybe so I'm will. not a junior. Something he's pointed out to me, his own son, no less than 4,000 times. I like it when comics do their own books. It just comes alive. I love it. And it also has some um, uh, PDFs in it if you get the audio version um, where you can pull it up in the app and look at some of the pictures that he's describing oh, with okay. you know, hanging out with celebrities and whatnot. It's pretty. It's a pretty funny book so far. I'm almost done with this. It. It's fairly short. His last and, book, Thrilled, has a, a, a my favorite cover. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that. It's, oh man! It's it's, um, it's the uh, it's a playgirl pose. It's no, a, it's that's a Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson Thriller album. Yeah, it's a take off of the Thriller a, album, yeah. and he is, of that. he is not exactly a Michael Jackson <laughs> supermodel. He's not a svelte man. Not a svelte man. <laughs> He's so funny. He he. Um, his dad is a white man and his mother is Peruvian. So he, he tells a lot of stories about their relationship and him growing up learning to speak Spanish and just the, you know, being, and then being in the South and, and having that dynamic and with his family, it's all pretty funny stuff. So now I, this I really other one, this I think you just put this in because you're trying to get me to take a cold shower. Well, speaking of cold tubs, <laughs> You know, I talked about Kevin Hart um, the other week. Well, yeah. I've been diving into because YouTube knows how I how to recommend to me because mm -hmm. I do thumbs up on things. And he has this show on LOL Network called Cold as Balls, <laughs> where um, oh, he interviews celebrities, but they do the interviews in a locker room. 
and there's a cold tub, <laughs> and they start out with their feet in the cold tub. Oh, and Lord. as the interview goes on, they sit down in the cold tub. And as it goes further along, <laughs> they fully put the water all the way up to their neck in the cold tub. This is no, 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 this no, no, is no, a no, whole no. genre of podcast where you torture your guests. Torturing the guest, yeah. And I really, and it's, you it's, know, it's, like the hot ones it's and so now, good. the cold ones. I preferred your wine version last week. Yeah. It's so Much good, better. though. It's so good because Kevin Hart is so funny. But I love his premise. He says, you know what? You're going to be in this cold water and you're going to say some stuff that's pretty funny. And, and Oh, my God. It, it looks so know? cold. I can't believe he would do this to himself. That's what I don't get. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that Lord. looks awful. Just awful. Marshawn Lynch, he probably is used to it. Those He's, things are great. I'm telling you, really? those cold tubs are With ice great. in it? That cold? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm sitting here looking at that now and thinking, man, my elbows would feel so much better right now. Oh, I feel great. <laughs> nice and toasty and warm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how my elbows feel. Good. <laughs> Don't you get in that hot tub, that cold tub. Mm-mm. I have a hot tub I get in, not a cold tub. Mm-mm. I get in a hot tub too, but when, man, something I don't want to see either. Tub when our boy sets cold. the. Sets the, when Michael sets the hot tub to like 102, I said, what's happening? It's cold. <laughs> it's too cold. In the summer, for Ow. some reason, he sets it to lower temperature. I was like, I don't want it to be 100 degrees. That's cold. Oh, what do you set your hot cold. tub to? Well, unfortunately, at, in the state of California, we can't set it to hotter than 104. And I've been begging hackers to come over and hack my tub because a hot <laughs> tub should be 106. But they don't want me to die. I can have a bathtub that's 106, but I can't have a hot tub that's 106. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Seems wrong. What do you set <laughs> your hot both. tub to? Um, 102 or 103 in the winter. And then. Lukewarm. 104 then is the, in the max. Summer, and I can't even set it. I just. I think that's the legal limit. They, they won't let you. I think so. Yeah. Because yeah, they don't want you to boil yourself to death. It seems reasonable. <sighs> No, that's the nanny state telling me what I can do in my own hot tub. We need a section 230 for hot tub temperatures. Protecting the right to boil. California, man. (laughs) See, nowhere else in this country do you debate hot tubs. It is such a cliche. It is pure California cliche. Mike says, when I lived there, it was a joke and it's still a joke. I love my hot tub. Reverb Mike says, I set my hot tub to 1977. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a hot tub time machine. Ladies and gentlemen, we are done for the day. Thank you so much, Stacey Higginbotham. Stacey on IOT.com. At Giga Stacey. Don't forget her podcast with Kevin Toffel, the IOT podcast featuring Mr. Compost this week, so that'll be fun. Oh, this week is not Mr. Compost. Next week is Mr. Compost. Next week, Mr. Matt Compost. Sorry. Matt Compost. <laughs> well, this week, what's this week? Something great, too, I'm sure. Uh, it, yeah, it's a little bit more industrial. Industrial. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Sounds like, good. It's the CEO of a company called Once. They have a really cool business model. That's all I'll say. Love that theme song right there. Look at this. Look at her discipline. One hour and one minute long. That is discipline. 
Did you feel this was a long show? Kevin and I were a little crazy this morning. Did Mm. you feel bad because you went one minute longer than an hour? One minute over. No, we 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 aim to not go too far above an hour, though. Listen to this: hour before fifty-seven minutes, week before an hour three minutes, week before that an hour one minute. (laughs) How do you do an hour-long podcast? She's the Higginbot. She's a machine. Is that too long? (laughs) No, too long. How long is ours? I asked. Well, we got we got twice as many people. Oh, maybe that's why. That's a good excuse. <laughs> that's we all want our airtime. Everybody so has voices. Talk. Yep. Thank you, Stacy. Jeff Jarvis, this cat right here, man. Frank Sinatra called him a bum. Ray Kroc called him a nickel millionaire. He lived in tomato fields in his youth, and he uh, is trapped in the jungle gym of life. Wow, but. Furthermore, the director of the Town Night Center for Entrepreneurial Journalism at the Craig, 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 There's a lot of Craigs in this. Craig, 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 That'd be good. Aunt Pruitt hosts hands-on photography, twit.tv slash hop. Hop on over and listen to the latest episode. What are you talking about this week? Okay, I'm finally going to talk about uh, another option for macro photography this week. I put it off last time, and this week that's going to be the discussion and save some folks some money to be able to take some cool macro photography shots. Should I be saving up my toilet paper rolls just for this episode? No no toilet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no toilet paper no. and tin foil. No right. TP no. rolls no. Okay. required, sir. Okay, Just good. get yourself a good flashlight and yeah, we okay. got some tips. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and also is the community manager of Club Twit and does such a good job. We really appreciate that. Uh, we will be on Club Twit Thank tomorrow, you. Lisa and I, I. I think you could take the day off. Well, Lisa and I can handle this, I think. Uh, it'll, be fun you, to, it'll be fun to hear <laughs> us fight, but you don't want to be there. You don't want to be in the middle of that. Uh, we will be doing that at 4 o'clock tomorrow, Pacific, 7 Eastern. And I hope you will tune in for that, you Club Twit members. Uh, I thank you so much for tuning in for This Week in Google. We do This Week in Google every third Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2200 UTC. You can watch us do it live at live.twit.tv. Uh, chat with us at irc.twit.tv. That's open to all or in our Club Twit uh, clubhouse if you are a club twit member we also have uh, versions of the show for your listening pleasure after the fact it's called a podcast if you go to twit.tv slash twig you can download a copy there or you see those buttons you can subscribe in your favorite podcast player there's also a youtube uh, channel dedicated to the program and you can watch it there or listen to it there or share clips of it from youtube which is always a nice way if you hear something you like and you want to tell your friends about it, just share a clip from YouTube so they can discover the goodness, the goodness gracious that is this week in Google. Well, folks, we'll be back next week if uh, the good Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll see you next time on Twig. Bye-bye. Don't miss All About Android every week. We talk about the latest news, hardware, apps, and now all the developer goodness happening in the Android ecosystem. I'm Jason Howell, also joined by Ron Richards, Florence Ion, and our newest co-host on the panel, Wen Tudao, who brings her developer chops. 
really great stuff. We also invite people from all over the Android ecosystem to talk about this mobile platform we love so much. Join us every Tuesday, all about Android on twit.tv.